3: We call it Epcot. It will be our
4: experimental motorbike city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, taking you back to the
0: vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, the official podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society. This is episode 59, Tickets and Ephemera, where we'll be taking you back to the history of Walt Disney World tickets and going through a lot of uh, uh, listeners submitted as well as our own personal ephemera that we've collected over the years. I'm your host, Todd McCartney, and sitting in with me tonight, as always, uh, coming from Tampa, is Mr. How Bowers. How you doing, T- How? aloha i'm doing good thank you good yeah we talked about the lego in the background there before the call got a little building going on with the kids yeah we've gone a little summertime
3: and and we've gone a little lego crazy just to kind of keep people occupied so there you go yeah it's nice though it's good it's fun good quality family time
0: that's right the lego monorail and contemporary set has not been created yet so Maybe we could not it yet.
3: There was a, you know, there was a great contemporary in the Lego ideas program. Oh, really? so I'm not, I'm yes. I'm not sure if that one's still around. Um, I think it was built at the micro scale. Mm-hmm. But, hey, fanta- fantastic. Go, go look for it and vote for it because that is a really good. One. That would be a great addition to the architecture series. That would be really cool. And so I yeah, had, a, um,
0: spaceship earth with interior scenes that you would turn a crank and little cars, would go, which was really, really pretty involved. That's, that's ambitious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And coming to us from Philadelphia tonight is Mr. Brian P. Miles. How are you doing tonight, Brian? Greetings and salutations <clears throat> from the city of
4: brotherly love. Uh, it's our big week coming up, 4th of July week. You know, That's right. A lot happened here on 4th of July in and 17th. Did you guys have something to do with that? Once or twice. There were a couple of folks yeah. here that got <laughs> together and decided to commit some treason. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we, we set off some fireworks and apparently that's caught on. So,
0: Oh, look at that. I hear that fireworks are, uh, fireworks. police calls are up in most states 70% right now. Apparently, people are, it's you know, they, what's old is new, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, JT might be joining us on this episode a little later. He's got some things to take care of. So, we're going to dip into the corrections and comments first and then get into the mailbag and do uh, our audio rewind as always. Um, but, uh, Brian, you know, last month we talked about, uh, menus, uh, and you went through a variety of them for the Magnolia Room and, uh, Top of the World, and I- I'm still hungry, I think. I'm still thinking about some of those. So
4: are our listeners. We got yeah. so much mail and tweets and Facebook posts.
0: It's uh, unbelievable.
4: You know, food is, uh, is the great unifier, I think, and, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, the legacy of Anthony Bourdain and, and some of the modern... Uh, travel f- uh, food people uh, that, that that have brought great content uh, it shows how food brings people together and and it's it's something we universally share a great meal yep uh, and the cultures and tastes around the world and Walt Disney World of course brought all of that to Florida uh, as a region of central Florida that wasn't uh, known for particularly cosmopolitan tastes and and brought flavors from all over the world and uh, it was really great to see the reaction to that episode. We've done food episodes before. We know it it strikes a nerve, yeah, uh, and tingles uh, one of the major five senses. <laughs> and uh, and it was really great to get that feedback and and see that it's that it still rings true that so many people's vacations uh, have a food memory burned into them.
0: Absolutely, and and you know you hit on an important chord there. But being it something that brought us all together and. What somebody even mentioned, I forget the individual, so I apologize, but they said how it was so special to go eating out at that time, you know, in the 70s, 80s. It was still a big thing. We've mentioned this before. And when you had to eat out every night at a resort, it was like special every night. So it just seemed that much more incredible as you went around. I,
4: so. uh, one email in particular sticks out. Uh, we've heard from him a couple of times. Our friend Dane Praed, Yes. Uh, who's a fellow from California, or uh, Canada, rather. Uh, who in I believe it was 1978 he said his parents won a contest a two-week trip to Walt Disney World
0: yep and we're gonna talk about that a little later
4: too yeah Yeah. so he's got all the the stuff and he sent some of that in but uh, so much of his thing was the food and and he was talking about the the grapefruit that his mother had every day and the you know the the certain things that they that they got to eat at the meals and it was just so neat to hear from people about that stuff
0: so I got to select number here that I that I chose Brian so I got a couple comments and corrections that we want to do one was um from Zach Brown and he actually went back to his mother and asked about Uh, to to validate brian's memories of having breakfast at the top of the world and he says i asked my mom if she remembers ever eating breakfast up there and she not only responded with a resounding yes we did uh, but also mentioned that she specifically remembers eating there during a trip in the early part of 1982 they looked out the window and could see a large silver silver ball in the distance and they asked what the waitress what it was and she told them oh that's epcot so Pretty cool. Got an early preview from the top of the world.
4: I also heard through Twitter from uh, Bio Reconstruct, who does a lot of uh, aerial photographs and under construction things, keeps people up to date on the parks. And he remembered, and and I knew this when we recorded the show, but yeah, they absolutely served a champagne brunch in the top of the world for for quite a while, too. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. So another gentleman by the name of Brian as well wrote in a little bit about the uh, trophy room. Um, you know, obviously being renamed back to the Magnolia Room at some point. um, He said that that menu, I'm sorry, that restaurant was originally menu based and then moved to a buffet at some point in the late 90s. And um, the Magnolia Restaurant remained for a short time as a bar and then eventually was removed to become the ticket center for the guests at the resort. So that's what it was turned into. Yeah,
4: once the Department of Defense took over in uh, 94, it became that resort. Obviously, the food service became a little more... Catering, like you know, mm. they were they were a little more like the Chow line, sure. Uh, for for the, for the military personnel that stayed there, uh, so you didn't get as fancy a of a, a, a venue. Now, of course, we've mentioned it on the Shades of Green episode that we did that 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 resort has been completely redone. Uh, right. They've uh, rebuilt the whole central towers and everything else, and uh, very few vestiges of the original golf resort remain. Yep uh but uh there's there's still some food there's little bits of the food p- past there
0: still there yep linda also wrote it with some great favorites that she had over the years uh sherwood crepes at king stephen's banquet hall uh now where they might have been the mint crepes mint
4: crepes yeah they might have been mint the ones sherwood that were cream yeah. de menthe based i believe oh, it was wow. the sherwood crepes yeah
0: all right uh let's see She says, also, too, onion soup served in cast iron kettles at the Liberty Tree with an um, optional appetizer of oysters.
4: Boy, that had to be delightful in, like, July. Scalding. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a hot cast iron kettle. Head on in there and just get a big old bubbling hot
0: the heat radiating from this kettle as you sit there like your chest is warming up just <laughs> sitting next to it but i'd hey, honey, still get it
4: honey i'm famished let's go just get a boiling cauldron of soup
0: <laughs> uh cafeteria style selections at the crystal palace with a wandering accordion player so now, i not know rem- we don't have to correct
4: that. that because the crystal palace was one of the first not cafeteria
0: buffeteria buffetaria, yes buffeteria. it was
4: a buffeteria and we do have pictures of that and that person who wrote into us i had shared some of those we have a whole album of yeah. uh uh the, the, the fella who went and took food service pictures for some reason in the mid-70s <laughs> and there are interior photos of the buffetaria that you can see the register and you can see some of the uh the, the items the jello and the salads and oh yeah different things that they could take and it for for a, a a food historian like me it's just I want to go there so badly. I want to walk <laughs> through that line and pick up way more than I can eat and and just pile just try that plate. everything. Yeah. Right.
3: And it probably wasn't great, but it was of the time for It didn't cuz sure. it was all you could yeah. eat.
0: You just piled the plate like Well, you said. could
4: it wasn't all you could eat. That was you paid for oh, it item. It? Yeah, so oh. you get the, the jello That's right, was a of quarter. This, That's right. Yeah, it was it was a cafeteria line set up like a buffet, but uh, it was all served. You didn't really serve yourself so much as it, most of it was that they handed you from behind the glass case. Right. You know, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. So if you've ever been, uh, some of our Southern listeners, uh, Lubies or um, Piccadilly, those are Southern cafeterias. And those you mostly are served. You don't actually serve yourself. They, they, they spoon the stuff out from behind the line. And Gotcha. And that's how that stuff was kind of done. It was basically a, a transition between an automat where it was just no no human involvement uh, versus kind of selecting things from behind the glass and saying, I'll take that, I'll take
0: that. Yeah. Linda also remembers, and how. tell me if this is when Kiko Man sponsored it, the Adventureland Veranda with the teriyaki chicken and ribs. Oh, yes, very very much so. Yeah, it had to be that. Yeah. So. Yep, Excellent. for sure. So thanks, Linda, for that. And the last one we have is from our friend Joe Barlow. Uh, talks about the Sand Trap restaurant as really being a hidden gem um, at Walt New World. Uh, he says the food did not come out quickly. You sat and relaxed. Everything was made as you ordered it. Um, you could watch the 18-hole of both golf courses, which is pretty neat. Uh, he says that the air conditioning was the other most awesome part. It was like a meat locker in there, he says. <laughs> so... He was fond of the Reuben sandwich and club sandwich, and uh, what really made it special was the employees would really remember you when you walked in. And here's a really interesting tidbit, which I didn't realize. Disney had their own weather radar on top of the contemporary. Not sure if it's still there. And they had a channel on their in-house closed-circuit TV that displayed it during the summer months when the rains were coming in that was usually displayed on one of the televisions. So have we heard of this radar? It's like Doppler Disney, you know, or (laughs) Disney Doppler. I got to gotta. get this that's pretty cool so so thanks joe for that and uh yeah that wraps up our corrections and comments from the menu episode and with I, that i got one more you got one more go, I, out. go I, out. I got one more
3: so our so our good friend
0: so our good friend
3: bioreconstruct uh gave me some feedback on our people when we we're talking about the people mover mm-hmm. and what happens to it during hurricanes Oh, yes. And, and we we made the offhanded comment of like, oh, well, next time he's up, he should see if they're all in the tracks. or the. Well, he looked, and sure enough, they are still all laid out on the tracks right now. Really? Just as they were, you know, when the Magic Kingdom shut down. They didn't take him and try to shelter him or anything. And as we talked, we kind of came to the conclusion that there's there's probably... Uh, the way the wheels are set up underneath probably keep it from being able to get blown off of, mm. of the tracks if there was a heavy wind because it's probably set up like a roller coaster where there's wheels on multiple sides. Sure, sure. Uh, and then also we realize there's not much – in well, there's really no electronics inside of them. It's all mechanical because the, the engine, you know, the motor is actually on the track. Mm-hmm. So there's just a little bit of mechanics to open and close the doors inside of them. And there's no motor really, for that either, right? That's just a yeah. trigger
0: of a of, of a little – arm if you will under the track
3: so if they get wet there's really no downside to them getting soaked it's not like you'd burn out you know a whole battery system or something it's not like
0: opening the roof on spaceship earth and letting it sit there right (laughs) exactly cool yeah yeah we did a lot of uh calculations and and google map fun uh last month uh, so that's awesome thanks al thanks for adding that in yeah all right, and coming into Ohio, you just joined us just in time for listener mail, Mr. JT Couser. How are you doing tonight, JT?
2: I am doing great. Uh, we uh, we're, we're experimenting with the bedtimes, so it's... uh oh. it, I've learned that uh, my son, you could put him to bed at 6 p.m., 8 p.m., midnight, and he still gets up at 6 a.m., so it's there you there's go. no rhyme or reason, so um yeah so that's what i was doing i was up you know just keeping him up but um so here we go i got a, a pretty solid month of uh listener mail uh, this month i noticed it was just sort of a, a potpourri of various topics lots of uh questions lots of comments lots of well wishes uh so i'm going to kind of go through a few different things here and uh yeah we'll go with that so jen miller wrote us she says greetings from los angeles as a southern california resident most of my disney theme park visits in recent years have been to disneyland resort but wdw holds a special place in my childhood memories your podcast is a trip down memory lane for my brother and me to the time we lived there in the 90s uh, her dad is a veteran disney animator who was transferred to florida when mgm studios opened in 1989 to be a part of the animation studios there on site Um, If you don't know what she's talking about, at one point in the Hollywood studios, there was a real, live, working animation studio, and you could go and peek over the animator's shoulders, as they said on all of our um, resort TV videos on our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to. We often got to visit him in the studio, and I remember watching the tourists uh, walking through the magic of Disney Animation Attraction and feeling special that we got to be down with the animators up close, and this is a nice little little nugget here she says my dad worked on the animation of donald panchito and jose in the new version of rio del de rio del tiempo rio de tiempo sorry i guess del Del, yep is it del Rio Del. del okay El rio there's no l l means the i know that Uh, Sorry, we're getting through this, Jen. I'm grateful we had to experience so many of the classic attractions that are no longer there that you discuss, uh, like Horizons, Kitchen Cabaret, World of Motion, Empress Lily. She goes through the whole list. Um, But she wants to touch base about uh, Mickey's retreat, and she has a memory from going there uh, for some event and swimming in the pool. She also remembers the picnic area and the beach and the lake with some volleyball courts. Her most recent trip, uh, her husband got picked to be in the harbor attack. Uh, and he also got picked as an extra's Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular. So, he got on, both in one visit? Uh, that's Apparently, like, wow. yeah, 2010. Hel- helps to know
0: people, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he went for the animation show and they realized it wasn't there anymore. So. Was
0: he wearing like a Hawaiian shirt or something?
2: He could have been. <laughs> he got <laughs> fake punched in the gut 10 times by Marion Ravenwood. Um, <laughs> I do have a couple questions, though, for you, and I know we answered, I think, both of these maybe on email, but we'll, we'll throw them on the show here and just sort of, you know, see who's, who knows the answers. Number one, did Fort Wilderness have a petting zoo specifically with goats? Number two, did you know anything about a movie theater near the Contemporary that screened Disney films for cast members and their families? She has a memory of seeing a far-off place there, but when she asked her mom, she didn't remember.
4: So there are two, questions, two two answers to that. The petting zoo did used to exist at Fort Wilderness. Uh, it has since closed. I think when I replied to her, I said it was 2005, but I'm not going to swear by that. I think that was the year, though. Uh, and of course, they've since moved all that to Animal Kingdom, uh, where at Conservation Station, there's a small petting zoo. Uh, there that is supposed to, and you know, just as they moved a lot of other animal based attractions into the animal kingdom, uh, the one that was at Fort Wilderness that encouraged you to touch a goat and other things has since moved over to animal kingdom, has been temporarily closed while the conservation station train was down. And obviously in the era of COVID, once the park reopens, I doubt they'll have it open right now, but at some point it will likely come back. My second answer to her on the movie theater was I think they may have been thinking of the uh, theater that was at the Contemporary in the Fiesta Fun Center, um, which was there for part of the time that, that Jen and her family lived in Florida. Her father is Mark Henn, uh, who's an animator who uh, most, you know, to me, most famously worked on Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Uh, But he's still, he's been with Disney, I I think, 40 years now, or close to 40 years. He's one of their senior animators and does some brilliant work. Uh, So it was really, really cool to hear from her.
3: You know, I know in the old days they had, uh, I would see things, I think, in some of the cast member uh, newsletters about how they would show movies from time to time. So that's a good question. I wonder if it was in the Contemporary or they set up a temporary room someplace.
4: And, And possibly down at the, what is... You know, it was the Disney Institute, and before that was the conference center at Lake Buena Vista, I mean, they use that for mm. a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, there we know there's been a theater down there for years. Yeah, um, that is, you know, a stage and a screen that they've used for events and presentations. It's still there, uh, you know, left over from the institute days. So, you know, it's possible that that's where they that's where they showed them. But
0: it's neat too. She sent a picture of uh, herself, I believe, and her her brother. Yeah, and, and on the Whatchamacallit, and it's when the the colors of the Whatchamacallit had been, let's say, uh, made more subdue, uh, it subdued. It was late in life. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it late was very life. late in life. There looks like there's some even steel supports inside keeping it going, but it was a definitely a late '80s, early '90s peach and teal.
4: He moved down there when the studios opened in '89, mm. like for the '88, '89, and right. that moved to D- downtown Disney in. Uh, Ninety four, so they had like that five year period down there, where the 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 vegasing of downtown Disney hadn't happened yet. Right, right. Uh, So you had what was left over, and they were like trying to update it for the nineties without the full overdue. Couple coats of paint will do. Yeah, so those early (laughs) nineties in the Disney Village were a really interesting time to be
0: there. Exactly, I love. She's waiting for Cranium Command Maelstrom. And journey into imagination so i think we'll definitely hit on at least one of those pretty soon i think you can
4: count on two of them yeah i think year. even two we're we're, yeah. we're uh they're high on the list exactly
2: exactly cool thanks jt anything else Next up was Craig Bauman. He says, Gentlemen, I'm sure that you've received lots of replies, as you mentioned on the show, uh, about Mickey's retreat, but he wanted to uh, just let us know how his experience was there. And surprisingly, we didn't get a ton on it. Just uh, you, Craig. And I think that might maybe one other. But it might I th-
4: maybe one or two tweets about yeah. it, I
2: think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, The only time I was there during uh, his two college programs uh, was a, for a cp what's cp stand for college college program. college program oh duh okay college program social event at the beginning of my second one they used the setup there to bring all the new college programs together to have a mix and mingle event as he recalls there was no swimming in the lake this was 2001 it's about the time period with uh, the the bay lake closing and all that right around then uh, only the pools with volleyball and other games on the beach there's also multiple basketball and tennis courts as far as the facilities go, there were changing rooms as well as a large room that was used for games and icebreakers. Oh, I love icebreakers and meetings and things like that. They're the the most productive use of time of, of your oh, life. Oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure.
4: You're, you say 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 what your first name is, and then what you're bringing to the picnic that rhyme that that uses the same first letter. Brian's bringing bread, and show us a
2: clue out of your wife's purse. <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> it's just terrible.
2: No, Meetings are you. terrible. Uh huh. Uh, there was also a place to rent paddle boats to go out on the lake. Overall, a pretty cool place to hang out, but nothing crazy, over-the-top, or fancy. He says, keep up the great work. So, I mean, nothing too fancy, doesn't sound like it's, you know, anything Sounds crazy. like a basic
0: summer camp, you yeah, know? Yeah,
2: you know, I don't think they made it. It's not meant for Disney guests. It's not a, a resort level. It's meant for college programs and college kids that it's a, you know, solid place to go.
3: Yep. Yeah, You know, and there were also baseball and softball diamonds back over uh kind of in the back which i don't know why they're not connected but if you go past lake Bonavista, like you're gonna go past the tree houses and you go back to where the warehouses are and some of the 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 support stuff back there there's a couple of baseball diamonds uh that have been there forever where, where they have softball games and baseball games oh
2: cool very cool well thank you craig we appreciate that um all right to uh get on the show to possibly get on the show to uh reach us podcast at retrowdw.com send us your messages comments concerns questions anything like that we'll uh read them on the air possibly uh, and we also attempt to, at our best to reply to you so if we don't get to you it's nothing personal we we've just get you know so many and and one one of us tries to get back to you at any given time so thank you for all the messages tweets and uh comments
0: all right, well, it's time for this month's Audio Rewind and uh, how you've been in command and control of the Audio Rewind here for a number of episodes. Uh, I will admit you, you, you kind of stumped me a little bit at first. I was a little bit, wait, wait uh, then, I, then I kind of got it. But uh, uh, what do you, JT, uh, Brian, did you have it? I did. You did? Okay. Yeah, I got it too. That was a good one. JT got it too. So, well, before we give away the answer, let's take a listen to last month's Audio Rewind.
3: All right, Hal, let's tell them where that came from. That was from spaceship Earth, right. so as you were going through, it's like you heard all of all of these different sounds around you, the electronic gibberish and communication. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just gave an indication of like all the different you know I, I think the idea was like you were supposed to be hitching on kind of like a satellite relay so you could hear the audio of of all the different channels going on around you. kind of like I'm, a digital
0: a digital party line. kind of yes, yeah digital there party line. So we do have a winner this month. Uh, congratulations to David Andrews. So we'll be sending out your prize, and we have a prize for this month. I'm going to throw in a couple different ephemera items because it is ephemera episodes, a couple old tickets that have expired. You're not be able to turn. Well, you might be able to turn some of the A's and B's in because you know for 10 cents, 20 cents here. Um, but we'll throw a couple of those in some Disney news. So a lot of things that go along with ephemera and some of the uh, double copies of things that we have. So it'll be a nice party package, if you will, of ephemera and tickets, if you know the answer to this month's Audio Rewind. If you think you know the answer to this month's Audio Rewind, send your guesses to contest at RetroWDW.com. All entries must be received by July 20th, 2020. All, entry, all correct entries will be entered into a random drawing to pick the winner for this month's prize. All right, well, it's time for this month's main topic. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be going through tickets as well as ephemera. We had a lot of people send in some Um, some of their favorite ephemera, which I've printed out, I'll share with you. I've got a pile of some interesting things. And how you ended last month's episode with a really great question or request to our listeners, which was, find the most obscure piece of ephemera in your collection. And we got some good ones here. I've got to admit that I haven't seen before. Um, I've got a handful of some wacky things. And uh, really cool stuff came in. We did
3: get some really, really interesting stuff for sure. Yeah,
0: And I I think we should define what ephemera is and what we mean by that before we talk about it. Um, To me, and and maybe you guys can chime in if you feel this is different, ephemera to me is something that you was not necessarily sold in the park. We're not talking about souvenirs. These are things that your ticket stubs, the guides, things that were in the hotels that you took because there were a guidebook, or a map, or a a ticket stub, or a a little brochure, or a, you know, coat check, or something like that. Uh, Do you guys agree? It's all these little things that over the years have just piled up the thousands and thousands and thousands of things that disney has printed um you know mostly of this ephemera is paper but i don't classify it as souvenirs anything you could purchase these are things that yeah given.
3: I, I believe that is kind of the, the dictionary definition it, okay good, of good ephemera yeah is is in <laughs> fact you know things that are te- were temporary by nature mm-hmm. usually paper uh and not intended to be kept just you know like something that you would that was useful like a map or a, you know a time guide or something that people just hung on to sure sure uh, that you weren't that you were not meant to and and that's kind of the difference so it, it was intended to be made for a specific purpose and then you know once it served its purpose it went into the recycle bin and and that was it but Us nerds hung on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think the most (laughs) for 40 or 50 years. (laughs) Consumable, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: It's going to be, most people throw that away. Like, you know, nine out of 10 people with everything we're talking about here, it ends up in the trash because it's not. But, you know, there are people like us and everybody else, they see something. And to me, it's like if something I used it my whole trip, it's almost more of a souvenir for the trip than the Mm. souvenir I bought on the last day. Like, yes. You know, if that, that you know, some of you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say if you carried around that one paper map in your pocket and then it ends up getting folded, you know, like a hamburger <laughs> and then it goes in your back pocket and your wallet on a few rides and then, you know, the next time at the end of the night when you see it, it is like, wow, that had a day. Sometimes those end up making it home with you and you're like, yep, that was there with me. That that made the journey and that's that's part of the fun of keeping it. And, yep other I, ones no, too are the things agree. in your hotel like you know the little little magazine yeah, pads, you know, brochure or, you know you look at it on the plane ride home or or whatever anything that reminds you of the trip that is i think paper mostly a big
0: part what do you guys think about the, the biggest piece of ephemera really as we've discussed here is tickets right so let's start the ephemera off here with with tickets i'm going to give you a little bit of confusing history on disney tickets now here's what's interesting about this um first of all a big thank you to allears.net i could not have done this research without their website because they have a very very thorough uh encyclopedia type uh listing of all tickets from the 70s 80s 90s 2000s etc um and it's really a great resource so i i kind of put this narrative together by looking through and looking at the differences between years and years uh and i can only say that for the first 25 years of the park the tickets were a virtual disaster of epic proportions from year to year if you think it's confusing now sit back relax and take a listen to what we have here so um so first of all let's talk about where you could buy your tickets to it in the very beginning so and you know how you have the earliest memories of all of us but uh you know obviously the purchasing at the transportation ticket center was a big thing I remember personally buying them at the Polynesian Resort. They had a little kiosk uh, kind of tucked under that other stairwell in the back. and We uh, did it at
2: Fort Wilderness to the left of uh, Pioneer Hall. There was a window, and we were going to the boat to go to the yep. Magic Kingdom, and we'd stop there, get our ticket, and then we'd get the boat and go. And how about yep. this
0: one? This is a forgotten place. Villa guests can pu- could purchase at the reception center. Which, as we recall in other episodes, was the preview center that got turned into the reception center when they. Yeah,
3: came. well, you could buy the tickets at the preview center too before it. Before opened.
0: It, that's true. Before it even opened. Yeah. So ticket books um, then,
2: is that what? Ticket you books
0: or well, we a lot of different. <laughs> there's a lot of different things here, so we are going to be focusing on admission tickets and, and attraction tickets. There are tickets for everything else. I have a couple smatterings thrown in here that uh, will kind of give you an idea, but we're not going into dining tickets. I mean, the amount of tickets that Disney they put. They probably kept Globe tickets going because a lot of these tickets books were produced by Globe tickets over the years um, and produced them for for Disney. So uh, and we can't forget, too, you could buy some of these attraction tickets inside the Magic Kingdom if you wanted more. Once you once you were in, there were ticket booths around. So let's rewind to 1971. Um, We have our general admission tickets and a seven adventure book we'll talk about. Now, there were three classifications of tickets back then uh, based on your age. There was the adult. There was the junior, which was ages twelve through seventeen, and the child three through eleven. Anybody under three was was generally admitted for free, as they are today. Um, the adult was three dollars and fifty cents, two fifty for the junior, and a dollar for the child. That that didn't grant you anything other than work, walking through the turnstiles. Um, so this is where it starts. The whole, just like they did at Disneyland, A B C D E tickets.
3: Um, <laughs> Wait, that doesn't even get you through the turnstiles. Like, because you have to redeem a different ticket before you can get to the park.
0: Correct. We'll talk about the, the transportation okay. tickets. Yeah, we've got those. So. <laughs> Unless you um, walk there, how? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that now. So in order to get to the park, you had to get uh, a transportation ticket. Um, and I don't have the actual pricing of that from, from 1971. But if you didn't purchase that... Um, you you could pay, I believe you could pay on board. Is that correct, How I think you could... No, I think you had to have the Did ticket. Did you have to have I, the hard I, ticket? It, it was either a quarter or 50 cents. I can't remember. Okay, so relatively inexpensive. Off the top of my head, yeah. Um, and that would allow you to take the monorail or the ferry boat over um, yep. and would get you there. So then you had your general admission work. Now, if you really wanted to splurge for an extra dollar, they would give you the seven adventure book. And that contained a single A ticket, a single B ticket, a single C ticket, Two D tickets and two E tickets. So that means you can only really do seven attractions for an extra buck, which isn't bad when you consider that an E ticket alone was 80 cents back then. Right. So you got a deal. And to be honest, that was an
3: entire day. Yeah. Like it would take you all day pretty much to go through... Those seven adventures. Right. That's that's yeah, with standing in line and everything, and yeah, no fast passes.
0: Yeah. You you yeah. and you and, walk, and they, and they close at six or seven. Right, so. and you saw the pace at which people walk in our films. Right, it just, <laughs> just yeah. it's just moseying along. It's called a park. Most of the time, they were parking themselves. They were
2: <laughs> now I, I'd like to throw this. What did you say was eighty cents an e ticket? Uh,
0: if if you wanted to go buy an additional a ticket, separate. Yeah, an A ticket was ten cents. A B was 25. 50 cents for C. Seventy-five cents for D and an E ticket um, was actually this is again
2: confusing. Eighty cents for juniors, ninety cents for adults. Just to like confuse you at that Um, point. And that's the thing. Like I I feel like I'm gonna pull this up a few times. An E ticket in today's money is uh, almost six bucks. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's you know, you throw it out there. I'm just thinking like, all right, if I wanna go ride Space Mountain again, or it wasn't open there, but whatever. You know, six bucks you got to throw out for that, and that's. it's okay, but it's it's interesting when you start thinking about, you know, the people that go on it 30 times in a day and that whole thing. It's Right.
3: Oh, and and I don't know if Todd's going to get into this, but like that w- was a very deliberate thing. I mean, one of the reasons that attractions stayed around as long as they did or got fixed or whatever is because these were not considered cost centers at the time. Right. Like these are profit centers. So, you know, When there were problems with Space Mountain and the tracks were hurting people's back, they could literally look and say, oh, we're making $2 million a year off of this because we know that people are spending so many e-tickets. So let's invest the money to fix the track because we want people to be coming back here because this is a moneymaker. Right.
0: There was a reason for those physical turnstiles that you went through, the old padded ones. The only one that exists today, I think there's two. I take that back. I believe there's two turnstiles that still exist today. One escapes pe- me, but one is the mover? pe- people movers. Definitely one of them, unless they've removed it since my last visit. Uh, and I want to say there was one other one I, recently. I, I we kind of remember
4: walking through one of Pirates. The, There's the, an
0: electronic. There was an electronic one.
2: Yeah, they kinda, They almost years. have like that same Yeah, they feeling, have the, the infrared you know? one. Yeah. The yeah.
0: infrared ones, which were out. Yeah, the physical and I, one.
4: And I but, do remember hearing, this is an aside, but you're talking about the the, the budgets of it justifying after the fact how... Uh, Tony Baxter on the Season Pass podcast talking about the Indiana Jones attraction when they built it, they based their budgets on projected number of attendance of the turnstile clicks, and he talked about one or two scenes and features that were deleted from the budget when he built it, uh, and one of the and it was all based on uh, we'll use the number three million clicks or whatever per. And he's like they ended up that first year having like 3.8 million clicks we could have had the whole thing if they just would have given them the budget like based on the <laughs> clicks that they actually had versus what they projected
2: yep. it's just crazy to me that this is like we're, we'll keep moving here but it's it's crazy to me that there's such a a dollar amount tied to your your debt di- i mean now it is still but like i mean i put this in it's roughly three bucks for your monorail ride over to the magic yeah. kingdom yep. it's like and then it's like all right i want to ride this it costs this much this this much whereas now people complain about the overall cost of a ticket but it it covers everything. It covers you know, everything. You,
0: and 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 our listeners should really think about that because you know, you go mm-hmm. there for a couple of days you're spending 75 to 90 dollars a day each you know, if you get a multi-day ticket. Comparatively to a ball game, to a you know, where you get a few hours for an entire day uh or a theater, you know, for an entire day of entertainment, it's still a pretty good deal. So, what do we have here? We also have adventure books. This is where it gets a little crazy. Um Oh, and going back to your point, Hal too, about the you know, the cast members, that those turnstiles were really important because you wouldn't expect them to save every single ticket stub and count them at the end of the day they just ripped them they took them they collected them they threw them in the garbage right no such e- thing as recycling
2: if you gave an e-ticket did they drop them somewhere or did they just trash them is that what you're saying they end up in a can yeah, or they was just like a little trashed
0: them because you were going through the the turnstile that got you the clicks the numbers well there there was a box i think that
3: probably had a lock on it that they would go into there, they didn't go into a trash. right right they yeah. didn't walk
0: over a tr- but all i'm saying is that they were trash they weren't You know, as far as we know, they weren't utilized for any type of calculation. They were utilizing the turnstiles for that. Interesting. Okay. So you also could get a Seven Adventure book, a Seven Adventure Magic Key ticket book, which was for Magic Kingdom Club only, a nine-ride adventure book, which was Eastern only, or a nine-adventure Magic Key ticket book, or an (laughs) 11-adventure book. And this is just the start of it in the first year. And really,
2: when you say adventure book, 11 things, that's just 11 ride tickets, basically. Well, it's
0: 11. It's various. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit later when the tickets became um, independent of A, B, C, D, E uh i uh that just it didn't matter it was the ticket was valid for any any attraction so um within a first year we fought, saw our first ticket increase um and the 7 and 11 ticket books went to 8 to 12 so tickets went up but you got an extra attraction and this is when we started to see additional tickets and the reason i wanted to add these in here is cuz these are, this was kind of funny they had the world cruise the sunset cruise I'm sorry, the Sunset and Moonlight Cruise, the Cocktail Cruise, the Dinner Cruise, and the Oriental Adventure, which obviously would have been on the... The Eastern Winds. Winds, exactly. So a year later, all that's left of the World Cruise is... Uh, all that's left of these cruises is the World Cruise and a Showboat Cruise. But in 1974, the Showboat goes away, and we get Steamboat voyages, and the Moonlight Cruise comes back in 75. So we're... We're really trying to figure out our our ticket and our operations of you know what's popular in the evening because you know those f- first five there. So getting back to our Magic Kingdom Club, let's talk a little about that. No, so Magic Kingdom Club was it was the dues per year were relatively inexpensive. Anybody could join. If you were a stockholder, you got the um, uh, membership at no charge. I remember a lot of people would buy one share just to get the membership. And the Magic Kingdom Club, uh when you bought your tickets through that would give you various discounts or you'd get an extra adventure in your ticket book or something like that um so um in 1976 the magic kingdom books uh magic kingdom club books start to drop the a through e and you start to get any ride tickets however only in the fall winter and spring in summer they would sell them as a through e's so You can see what's starting to compile here. You've got tickets that are only valid in three seasons, but would they accept them in the summer? I I don't know. I don't know how this would all go down, and that was only for Magic Kingdom Club members. Um, So it's it's starting to get a little confusing, and by 79, um, there's general admission, the 8, the 10, the 12, the 2-day 16, the 2-day unlimited, and 3-day tickets. So you're at the gate... (laughs) You don't even know what you want to buy at this point. <laughs> Will it
2: get me in? <laughs> yeah. Can I? What, can I? To how much was Magic Kingdom Club? Do you have a rough idea on that? What that? Uh,
0: in in what year? What were you thinking? Uh, seventy five. So in seventy five, Magic Kingdom Club ticket. Let's see. Here. Like say you were
2: to join the. I'm saying the dues. Do you know?
0: Oh oh. To join, I don't. I don't recall. It was relatively inexpensive. But okay. a Magic Kingdom Club ticket to give you an idea, a comparison. If you um, an eight adventure book if you walked up with six dollars and 50 cents in 1975 and you could get an eight adventure book for six dollars and 25 cents so you saved a quarter by joining the magic kingdom
2: club that's uh yeah i looked this up share a disney share price back then is about a buck
3: there you go so i was gonna say i think in the 80s i joined the magic kingdom club at one of my employers i think it was like two dollars or something oh really it's pretty cheap yeah yeah, it was not super expensive. Now, one other thing I'll mention about the tickets is the the A's through the, the A through E system. Mm-hmm. Like one of the other things that you see a lot is as you look at the old tickets is you'll see attractions shift from E to D yeah. or C to D. They kind of move around. Um, and they would actually do this on purpose uh, to kind of goose attendance. So if they saw the attendance at a particular attraction was down, they might lower the, the ticket from a D to a C ticket to encourage more people to go in or or on the opposite side, it's like if a ticket, if a show was really popular, they might shift it from a C to a D to like get a little bit more profit off of and it.
0: And let's also figure this out too, is that what it also did was it reduced the ticket books. It started to drain people's ticket. Oh, it's only a C now. Let's go in. Let's let's use the ticket yeah. here, right? So all of a sudden, you're wiping the ticket book out, creating demand for additional ticket purchases. So it's Yeah, it I expensive. also
3: read that... A, Sometimes they would uh, those adjustments that you would see between the number of adventures in a book mm-hmm. were, were also used to kind of like to try to goose attendance at certain times. So if they noticed attendance was failing at a particular time of the year, they might introduce a, a higher number of ticket books to try to incentivize people to come.
4: We should also mention why they transitioned away from the coupon books uh, to the one price fits all, which was a new model when they rolled it yep. out. I've got that, that coming up. And that was entirely here. due to Epcot. Right. Uh, and, and in Sully Sullivan's book, he talks about, uh, you know, an Epc- where Magic Kingdom, those sponsorships were all negotiated and had a varying degree. So if Kikamon is uh, sponsoring the Adventureland veranda, uh, their investment may be substantially less than Alamo rent cars sponsoring whatever Alamo rent cars used to sponsor. I forget the... Something in Tomorrowland. It's, that's, <laughs> it's escaping my memory at the moment. Oh, they did the people mover. The people That's right. Out yeah. 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 Uh, or, or, you know, anything. AAA had a had a had a car care sponsorship. But those packages were all different. In Epcot, it was a flat. We know it was thirty million dollars. There was every single sponsor was on the hook for thirty million dollars. And Sully said that they didn't want to explain why Kodak's. 30 million bought them an e-ticket attraction while general motors bought them a C ticket attraction. So their solution to that was to do away with the coupon system altogether and make it one, one size fits all. Right. Right.
0: And that's, that's a perfect segue here into 1980 that the, that was starting to be seen in the tickets. So 1980 was the, it doesn't bring us out of this funk of an (laughs) array of options, right? If you will. Uh, But the A through E tickets are ditched in 1980. Um, But the array of options are an 8, a 10, a 12, a 2-day 16, a 2- to 3-day passport, or a 3-day 16 adventure, or a 5-day passport. Again, standing at the ticket booth, can you imagine being swamped with these options? Thank God
4: we're not covering the British tickets, the European (laughs) tickets, because those were all for, like, two-week vacations. That's right. Completely different metrics, like 50 tickets and,
0: like, crazy stuff. Exactly. They're still nuts. So at this point, if you bought a passport, this is where you started to see the date stamped on the tickets. We've talked about this a number of times in our movie nights, the picture of me wearing, or the film of me wearing my ticket around my neck that was stamped with a date, and that basically gave you unlimited because at this point, um, while they got rid of A through E, you still had these adventure key tickets that could get you into any attraction. So you had a mix of people in the park. You had people that were uh, on the ticket books, and you had people that had these passports um by the end of 81 most of the individual tickets had been phased out um but you could still get a 12 adventure or all or, or an all-in-one passport type tickets um so they're all let's see here so this is interesting here now, this is a, one of the first times that they sold the souvenir ticket we all know this one well right it comes in a very very Silver silver envelope. How's got one there? Have oh look yes. At that. Now is that used, How, or is that unused? Uh, this one is
3: used. It is because used.
0: We, okay. This is this is the one that
3: my dad bought through the Magic Kingdom okay. Club uh, from AT in order to get us into Epcot.
0: Perfect. So they were selling for thirty dollars, twenty four and eighteen respectively for adult, junior and child. This is we're talking about the Epcot souvenir special edition, edition tickets. You have got three days um for 30 24 and 18 where the three-day tickets were currently selling at 31 50, 29 and twenty-three seventy-five. so saved you a fair amount on juniors it saved about a buck and a half on yourself uh so there's a little stub attached which you would bring up to the 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 uh ticket counter and redeem it at any time even up until now if you still have one of these uh you could redeem it for a three-day ticket so and it was 30 um, bucks for
2: three third, days.
0: thirty dollars for three days
4: wow which was yep. outrageous to people yeah. in that day.
2: Yeah. Well, that's an equivalent of $85 nowadays. $85. There you go. Still. And it a, was cheaper than the three-day
0: ticket at the time, because at the time it was thirty-one fifty. So, 50 um, So when Epcot opens, what do you guys think we get for the very first time on these tickets?
2: Uh, a, a giant silver ball. <laughs> Home of the big <laughs> So that's, yeah. You know what? Got to go
0: with that. Uh we get a, we got our first barcodes are started to put on there, but not specifically for tracking of who is going in and out. More so for what the value of the ticket is and selling it like a UPC type. They may have even been serial numbered, but they're not tracked.
2: So here's uh, they a the red so number I, at I, the could,
3: bottom. I, I, I can tell you these. Uh, so these commemorative passports
2: are serial numbered. They are serial numbered. Yep, yeah, the, the stub sold. and the ticket is the same. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh.
3: And it's, it's funny, on the back it says, Epcot Center is scheduled to open October 1st, 1982. <laughs> the attached voucher may be presented at any Walt Disney World Epcot Center or Magic Kingdom ticket booth following the Epcot Center opening. And they're there we go. copyright 1981. 81, so. there we go. So. They were hedging their bets just in case it didn't make And this it.
0: is a great, let's, let's be honest, this is a great way for them to sack some money away, right? I mean, if you have one today and you turn it in. Disney kind of lost out, but... <laughs>
2: Here, here's a question. When, when you compare when Epcot opened, it was the future and, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Was the gate where you went through with that ticket any different than Magic Kingdom? Like, was there some major advance, like they were ready to scan a barcode or, you know, do something no. different? Just well, look, well, look the same. Well, we'll talk about that. When,
0: when Epcot opened, it was the, the barcoded tickets. They didn't scan the tickets. Um, uh, this is the first year that uh, annual passports became available, but it was the paper ticket with the the hand stamp that would still stamp on there and that was that's what epcot opened with um they did try some mag stripes too in the early 80s too that didn't didn't go over well um but we'll talk about those in a little second here so um so ap's are available they started to sell three four and six day pass part passports with park hopping that was a big thing like oh buy it you can go to the magic kingdom you can go to epcot um but still in 1982, they're still selling some 8 and 10 adventure tickets for the Magic Kingdom that ended in June 82 in preparation for the Epcot opening. So they they phased those out just before, almost like a just-in-time uh, delivery there. So which is kind of neat. Yeah,
3: That's nice. You know, the, thing, the one thing I really liked about the old ticket system was if you didn't use all your tickets on one trip, yeah. you could take them with you and use them again the next sure, year. Absolutely. So you could, you know, ride some other things. Yeah. It seems like I always ended up with a couple of A's. And a couple of bees left over. Yeah, uh, after all of our vacations, but it was—I don't know—it was really. It's. I always remember going into my dad's upper drawer and opening it up, and you would see the Disney tickets that we had <laughs> left over sitting in there because he always he always kept them there so that way they didn't get thrown away.
0: I need to bring down a couple of my A, B, C, D, E's and go over to you know, guest services and just see what the value is that they, because there is a value, but I, I think it's pretty low. That's I think that, out
4: there, uh, but it, it is literally it's nickels worthless. and dimes. It's, yeah. yeah. You're not
0: going to, you're not going to get a ticket for it. You're going to get a couple bucks. You can't buy your... a pickle with it. All right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, um, all right. So 1984 is a big year for tickets. Um, what, what change do you think happens? Horizons. 19- <laughs> no, <laughs> we are taking juniors uh, juniors are eliminated so we have oh uh, man yeah, so there's no more junior tickets in 1984 a child is moved um from the 3 to 11 category to 3 through 12 uh and then three years later in 1987 they change it again and that's when it became the child becomes three through nine which is where it remains as today so yep, that kind of was interesting. Uh,
2: there, i was nine for a couple extra years i feel like
0: yeah i i believe some kids are uh perpetually three until they look the age it,
3: it, it's amazing how you turn become an adult at 10 years old now mm-hmm.
0: no longer a junior you're just as expensive yeah. as, as as the 89 year old coming through the turnstiles <laughs> um get a in job, 19- kid now i know we we, we talk we're going th- fast through a lot of these tickets you need to go through our our not only the all ears.net ticket archive our own pictures of tickets to really kind of get an idea there are so many variations over the years we can't we're just kind of scratching the surface here of the type of tickets but i'd
2: I'd like to add that when i was there that one time and i mm -hmm. I, this is the 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 holy grail to me i had uh an old ticket and i was you know seeing if it was worth something and they had this binder back at the magic kingdom and i'm like I would love to just flip through that and see. I mean, because yeah. she's going through page by page. And I was seeing ones that I'd see on our site, you know, from like 20 feet away. I'm like, oh, what was that? And then it just goes to the next. And yeah. you're on like clear little dust jacket type things. And they I, do have photos of I all of them. I saw that They've binder just last year when I converted
4: it. to Actually, the day How and I were there, we oh, converted it yeah. ticket. it. You're so like, whoa, what? Uh, just can I just, go go I,
2: I don't want to take any pictures. I'll, I'll give it back to you. Just let me look, just for fun. But Yeah. So before we get into Disney MGM opening, I th-
0: for me this was kind of the heyday of the park hopping ability, the hand stamp ticket, the re-entry, ultraviolet light. This is really eighty three through eighty nine, right? Um, you've all seen these tickets before that say passport on them. There are a variety of colors. Probably the most famous one is the uh, is, is kind of a teal color with the Epcot uh, and Magic Kingdom. Uh, or the, the the castle on it. There's yellow ones. There's orange ones, and they were colored on the day. The five day was was a blue. The one day was a teal. The three day was kind of tealish. The three day they produced them in all different colors, all over the place. Um, but I know I know some people figured out how to wash these tickets. Is my understanding as well um, that there was there there was a way on certain inks that they were using that people would start to wash the tickets, and by washing, just like catch me if you can, right, gentlemen. Frank Abagnale Le- Jr. DiCaprio. Right? Well, it was Frank Abagnale, but yeah, with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> uh, just washing checks, washing Did Tom the Hanks value catch off? them.
4: If they were trying to use the tickets, Is that uh, he might have it?
0: been down there. Yes,
2: at the TWA terminal. Um, uh, b- but a number
0: of people figured out that you could go through the turnstiles, get it stamped, wash it, uh, or put a protective layer over the the, time, the 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 date, and then peel it off. I don't know how long it took Disney to catch on to this because the the stamps really did continue. We're going to talk about when they when they faded away. Now, JT, on your world passport yes. that you have, what what? How many days is
3: yours? Five. 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 So look at the cu- upper corner and tell me what the shape of your oh, upper yeah. right hand corner is. Rounded. Okay, so I have a three day world passport and mine has like three little bumps in it, and I noticed that the edges as probably a a thing to you know stop counterfeiting but there's a different die cut on the different levels of days of tickets on these things because like
2: it was probably if you're a cast member and you you have a little trick with this you probably grabbed one you know and it was like you you knew right away it was fake if it didn't have the yeah i i think
3: I think the one day had a square edge, and mm-hmm. then the three day had the three bumps, and then the five day had
0: the completely rounded Five day has edge. a and the four day has a double bump.
2: Or was this for blind people? Let's be honest. I mean, this is... Oh, that's true. Like a blind cast member or a blind person that's visiting, you know, they could discern their tickets between the stack and feel them. What year does yours say... How on the back.
3: Um minus minus from 1988 and it says copyright 1986.
2: Well, mine says eight, copyright 88 and I thought this was interesting being 88. Now, I don't know what year it was purchased, but it says not valid for admission to the Disney MGM Studios. Oh. And it's a five-day world passport, but you couldn't use it throughout the whole world. So, what year was I remember... It? it says 88 on it, and I mean the first okay. stamp, I think, was yeah because the
0: official all three parks passport was not introduced until 1989 when after disney mgm studios opened up
2: that's interesting though they felt the need to print on this ticket don't even try to come over if you save it a year if you save it yeah so
3: I had, I believe, when I went to MGM on opening day, I had a mul- I'm, I believe I had a multi-day ticket, and I actually had to turn it in for a new multi-day ticket.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember you? Uh, in us order that. to go in that morning. And I've seen some commemorative MGM similar to the Epcot, you know, that big rectangle. Um,
0: I, ha- I have a little tiny one. Okay. Like, there's been some it's like that a
2: one day. I don't know if you've seen those. Yes, time. they're in like an envelope type mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Same thing. It's almost like they just kept the same idea eight years later.
0: Yeah. And how I just looked at the six-day passport is completely cut at a 45-degree angle. Oh, and there actually nice. is a five-day. Yeah, the five-day has the curve. So what, I think you're on to something. What's yep?
2: crazy to me though is it still blows my mind. Now this says t- purchase price 80, dollars printed on the back officially. I don't know what day's the one dangling on your neck, Todd, and your your gold key trip was, but yeah. I mean that's like the equivalent of. I mean, can you imagine taking a, a an annual pass that? if lost can be used elsewhere and just hanging it on your 8-year-old's neck. Like oh yeah. Hold just, on, I got
0: I got it right here. And it, it's made it it to 2020. It. That's awesome. Okay, it's got the price on it.
2: Yep. Does it still smell like lobster? <laughs> that was before yeah, this, was, this was before I knew what lobster was.
0: Um so the dates were 1014 1016 and 10 something 1980. Uh 3-day passport mid one child 17.54 71 cents tax 18.25 total. But what yeah. What year it, was that? It was 1980. 1980. I, I so, can tell you, GT. I had I
3: had a one day like that one time, and I was terrified that I would lose it over the course of the day on the string hanging on my neck. Oh, magic. yeah. I I'm like, imagine. I'd never spent a more frightening day in the Magic Kingdom yep. than that Wh- one.
2: Whenever we would do the splurge, like, you know, it was like, I remember, you know, growing up, it would be like, all right, we're going to do one day, we're going to go to Magic Kingdom. Boom. Surprise, you're going here this morning. We buy one-day ticket. Then as we got a little older... It would be like two or three days, it, it, and we—if we had a day left over on the tickets, to so say we'd use the one day—it was always the move, like, "Hand those to your father right now,"
3: <laughs> and he'd put them in his wallet or his pocket. It was never <laughs> yeah. like,
2: you know, it just—you went through the gate and it was like, "Here, take this. I don't—I don't want anything to do with it. I want it out of my hands." We still do that with our kids. Yeah, yeah, it's smart. It. You're yeah, like, just give me the magic band. I'll take it. Just.
0: <laughs> so, I mean. I think you guys agree. Those are probably the most popular tickets, right, that we're talking about here, these multicolored ones. So they did do an experiment in 1986 with Magstripe. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of people. There was one that Magic Kingdom that was orange and, and brown. And then the Epcot Center one was a teal and purple. Uh, and it would digitally print how much you paid for the ticket, um, where you purchased it, and then what emissions were used. Um, but what's interesting is that that completely failed, it was ahead of its time. Um, I, there's not a lot of history on these, but
2: how was do you it know? Was it a beta test, though, for, I, like, I, the future room keys and all that? You know, were they like, I, can we put this data in the turnstile? Yeah,
0: I have no idea. Um, what's interesting is it would have prevented, you know, because <laughs> when we talk about the next ticket, was a little bit better. But I'm, I'm assuming that the, that the technologies just didn't prove secure enough or just didn't work out or was too costly because it would a dot matrix print you'd put the ticket through multiple times. So if you had a five day ticket, it would have to go through the reader five times. Uh, and each time it would have to print what, uh, what park you went to. So it would print an M for magic kingdom and E for Epcot. Um, and then, you know, if you had five E's and it said in the box that it was number of missions was five, you were, you were done. So I can only think that it was reading and writing. I mean, this is not a time at computers where you would have reading your, you know, magstripe readers and writers. It probably wasn't encrypted. So, I don't know why that one failed specifically. It's something we need to do some research on because in 1989, Disney MGM opens up. It's the first time we get the uh, the all three parks passport, one, three, four, and five days, and we also get a commemorative passport. Now, remember when Epcot opened up, we had a thirty, it was thirty days. We get a four day passport now for a hundred bucks. So three days for thirty, four days for a hundred. It's gone up considerably. Two oh nine in today's money. There you go. Um, in 1990, so a year later, the three day is canned, but now you can get a four or five all three parks passport or a super pass and, and hold on to your butts. Cause this is going to get really confusing over the next couple of years here. Um, what's a super, super pass get you? The super pass is three times the size of a regular ticket. You oh, have this to is fold that long one with yeah. the extra...
2: I actually have. There it for is. Some He's got it right oh, there. Oh yeah, look at that. I've seen it. five days. Yeah.
0: So we still have the manual stamp, but what you got is it one admission to Pleasure Island, Typhoon Lagoon, River Country, or Discovery
2: Island. So, you had to so pick that one was of those the four. super.
0: You had to pick one of those four. Got it. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough because we haven't confused you yet. We wanna add a year later we want to add to the complexity. So we offer a four day three parks passport, the five day super pass plus, and the five day super duper pass.
2: Super (laughs) duper. Is that super duper catalog? It's got banana. It's got banana. What what does that cost for the super (laughs) duper in nineteen ninety?
0: Nineteen ninety, the super duper. Let's check here.
2: Honey, we're doing it big this year. I got four super dupers.
0: Yep. Uh, it was ninety one. The Super Duper was passed. An adult was hundred and seventy for the five day Super Duper.
2: That was three hundred twenty three dollars in today's money. Yep. So for
0: five days, hundred seventy um, bones. I think this point. was the hype of ridiculous. The, the the height of the ridiculous. It gets a little crazier here. So
2: what made it Super Duper over how Super uh, Pass?
0: That's exactly. I'm glad you asked because I mean, it, there,
2: weren't we out of things at that point? Except nope, like a no, like no, nope, no, we weren't out of a, things
0: because you might want to do all those things again. So instead of one visit to Pleasure Island, Typhoon Lagoon, River Country, Discovery Island, you could go, no, not even two, unlimited, <laughs> well,
2: unlimited visits. What? Yeah. I could go to River Country every day.
0: And, and I believe at that time I'd have to look and find a super duper pass. My understanding was that it was valid for a 10 day period so that you would get a five day park. So you really could g- spend 10 straight days on that ticket, which was pretty, so, pretty valuable.
2: So I know this is out there, but like were any of these things we're talking about, was there an expiration date on anything at this point?
0: So that's the interesting thing is that at this point there were no expiration dates on any of these. They did start to come around around this point in the in the early 90s specialty tickets and different things that came out. <clears throat> yeah, a lot started of seasonal seasonal yeah, deals sure. and
2: stuff like that that they would offer that, um,
0: but your really
2: super duper unlimited pleasure island ticket have an expiration date?
0: I would have to check one based on the years. I I don't recall, but uh, it was another Big Mama ticket. I mean, that thing was again. <laughs> you had to fold it in half. Yeah, but mm-hmm.
4: it's all it's also worth mentioning. You know, part of the the Eisner the Disney decade that whole eighty four to ninety four stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. there were new things opening. Oh, every yeah. year—not just resorts, but like the golf court, like the miniature golf courses and things like that. Yeah, the water parks that Ridgewater eventually parks. came online, and and this is the so, time
0: period that they had a, a slogan. You know, what a year to be here, and well, all these—they were trying and to and get you, had
4: you down. In a park, in the MGM yeah. Studios, and I, so like there was just there just seemed like every time you turned around there was some new brand. You know, downtown Disney's tripling in size, and this is happening. That's happening. A reason yep.
2: to go every year. There was exactly. There was. It
4: was a completely different experience every year. So in
0: 1992, we have another big year. The hand stamps are finally going away. And uh, we now have tickets that the machine can read. And it punches out a corner. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say it reads. It kind of does read. Punches out of a corner of a ticket over the the days. So if you had a five-day ticket on the bottom left-hand corner, it would say zero, one, two, three, four, five. And when you put it in for the first time, the computer and the machine would punch out five, so that you knew you had four days remaining, and then it would ink stamp the date approximately in the right area on the ticket <laughs> <laughs> of of the of the date uh, of where it should go. So no expiration. Looking at, at mine, and I can I can confirm you can there. You go. Um, yeah. And um, the four day at that point also got the super duper treatment. And again, remember, folks, I am just scratching on the basic tickets. There were all sorts of other different. Tickets out there stuff. So, so, um, but that's really when they started getting into the point that it's not only the date, but we're going to tear off a little piece of the ticket to ensure that nobody is, is faking us out. Um, in 1993, we get the Around the World five day pass. What do you think the Around the World pass is?
2: I would assume if you weren't we're already confused, confused. Around the World and, uh, I don't know where, I feel like we've done it all with the super duper. I mean, yeah.
0: well, the super duper is about to change. So hold on to your butts. Um, The the around the world pass was three parks and you had to go to the magic kingdom Epcot and Disney and studios. And then you could go to any other two. So you could visit something twice
2: or something three. Gosh, times. imagine how many people went to Magic Kingdom that second time. They're like, no, no, you <laughs> got to go hit Epcot yeah. first before. you I don't split know what
0: if the order was really <laughs> dictated, but it doesn't really. Oh, right. okay. Um, and in 1990- 1990, park. That's yes, right. You
3: haven't completed the
4: world yet. You can't <laughs> yes, come
2: back. You can't
0: come that. back. Uh, have you stamped your passport, sir? <laughs> that's right. In 1994, the super and super duper passes are now only sold to resort guests, and for day guests. Um, we add the four-day value pass, uh, a three-day and, a, and then a one-day. So, uh, And then in 94, we have more confusion. We get the value pass for the general public, the super pass for resort guests, the park hopper for off-site day guests only, and for other guests only, you can get the length of stay passes introduced, which ranged from $83 for a two-day or to 228 days for a seven-day ticket. Um, so, I, I mean, the variety it's no wonder that you know Disney's got a book the size of the Encyclopedia Britannica to figure these tickets out um it was crazy
2: and and it was probably all changing with what was happening too they'd do things that you know oh so-and-so's counterfeit in this one so we got to do this and you know people are hanging on to that one so I
0: and I think they were pretty slow to to catch up I mean I, I mean a lot of people weren't faking them out they were using their tickets up. They were buying, they, what what does Disney want you to do? They want you to buy, at this point, they wanted you to buy the, the, the maximum number of days that you could use up completely, right? And you ever look, there's never a two-day ticket. They're smart, right? They've never sold a two-day ticket because um, once the Epcot opened, there was never a two-day ticket because what they want you to do, they wanted you to buy two one-days. They're going to make more money off of you that way. So what's better than having you in the park for two days? If you're going to do it, fine, we'll nail you twice with two one-day tickets. Otherwise, come for three days, I'm going to make more money off of you buying popcorn and other crap
2: for the kids. Or you'll buy the three and lo- you only plan on going two and you lose that last day. It, exactly,
0: because it's a better deal. I'll just throw it away. And it, that's why these things are sitting in drawers, you know. Um, we have one more commemorative ticket. has nothing to do with the park. Pocahontas, commemorative mm. ticket. forty-seven seventy. got a one-day pass, or $50 towards another ticket. So, um, and our last stop here because I wanted you, to end. Could you in, trade that ticket? <laughs> you could trade it in for fifty bucks
4: because they like to trade. They, oh, all, I see. What trade amongst that. the Native Americans. That's right. They like
3: to trade.
0: So we're at the twenty-five year mark.
3: There was one more commemorative ticket in nineteen ninety-four. Was it really? Yes. Cuz I don't have it the, What is it? Oh. the Twilight oh, Zone right. Tower of Terror I ticket. I forgot about that Does one. Does
2: it have a dropping mechanism? Is it open that up? <laughs> I want to see this.
3: So, okay, so here you go. When you open it up, what it has up. a whole pop-up pop okay,
2: of the uh of the
3: inside of the Tower of Terror or the outside of the Tower of Terror there. So, you you bought this before the Tower of Terror opened and you could get it as it was a one-day ticket. It was $45 plus tax. 94, right? Yeah, 1994. To
0: Pocahontas, she was a little more expensive
3: and then uh so what was Oh, remember i can't remember if it's on here but the deal was when you when you got this you got to go on like a little tour and you got to sign a guest book at the tower of terror for if you purchase this so if you haven't already
2: inserted tower of terror twilight zone music in here God, I'm gonna be annoyed. yeah, and then, okay. I, I believe okay.
3: you also got a, a watch with this as well. Ooh, do You have the watch it's part of like a $80 pack I do somewhere. Yeah,
2: wow. That's pretty cool I want uh, next time we're there I want to ride Tower of Terror with you while you wear the watch because <laughs> I feel like that hasn't ever happened in 20 years
4: I, I have a personal ticket story my first trip without my parents three friends from high school Uh, 1995, we drove down from Pennsylvania and stayed in a cheap hotel and ate cheap food all week and bought our – pet. went to both Universal, first trip to Universal, and Walt Disney World. And that was that brief period of time, which you'll talk about, when Disney World used to take a little uh, light camera and point it at your face and then print it on the ticket, on the multi-day ticket. So I had this ticket with my face on it, and they – It was a, I think it was a four-day park hopper, and as was par for the course with trips back then, for some reason, probably because I gorged myself, uh, I got violently ill one day, and so my friends went to the park, and I stayed in the hotel, writhing in pain while the Hmm. while the room housekeeper came in to clean the room, and I, (laughs) I stayed in I stayed in the Wilson World Hotel while they went to Epcot or the Magic Kingdom wherever they went. Rob will end up emailing us and saying, here's where we went that day. Uh, So when we came home from that trip, there was a day left on the pass, unlike my friends who had all used theirs. So it, you know, got tucked into my room and lived there for many years. Uh, My mother is a notorious thrower-outer. Throughout our entire lives, uh, anything she thought you no longer needed, she chucked. She was a, she's... She still is to this day. And my mom thought it would be at some point when she decided my room required her to clean it, uh, tossed that ticket. Oh. Uh, so part of the, it was just in a pile of junk, I guess. And she decided uh, this is junk. Brian doesn't need it and threw it out with a bunch of other stuff. So no. that, that, that one day pass and that ticket uh, have been lost to history. Thanks to Dorothy miles uh, dedicated, non-attachment to anything. <laughs> how did
2: how did this come about? Were you like planning a trip and you're looking and you go, "Ma, where's my ticket?" Or like how you know that...
4: every now and then you'd come home. Oh, and it was it she was would done. just there was like the whirlwind would go through. Yep, that's a mom. And move. you don't think like, "Hey, I should look for that ticket," like because there were other things she probably threw out that just sure. And you know, on the flip side, as a Teen or a young man, you're like, uh, ah, the room's clean. Like I'm I'm not gonna complain. I you know, I wish you hadn't done that, but hey, the room's sparkling clean. I can right. live with it. And, and what, uh, what year was this, Brian? The the ticket was from ninety five.
0: Ninety five, okay. Uh,
4: the 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 clean out uh, was probably within a year or two after that. Gotcha.
0: gotcha. The clean out the great clean out. In the fact it out. probably
4: wasn't that long because I had moved out the following year uh, so it had to have been within you know a year of the trip, but you know she's just, just probably with a pile of other stuff. The funny thing is so much other stuff from that trip survived. I still have a baggie, uh, a bag <laughs> from Universal. It has you should have put maps. it in the baggie. <laughs> it has park maps and Bates Motel matches that I got at the souvenir shop and nice. the Universal and the, uh, stuff I still have, and that ticket is is lost to history.
3: I, I would be willing to bet that there is a good percentage of our listeners who have spent – part of their life trying to buy back things that their parents threw out yes. from their collection at one time or another. Whether
0: it's toys uh, or
3: an- anything.
2: Oh that's probably yeah, Chucky eBay. Uh,
4: I will also posit this. Having engaged in that behavior, I think you would all agree it's satisfying and it gets there and you get it in the mail and that first day you're like, this is so cool and look at this and I, and by the second or third day, <laughs> you're like, it's like, what out. did I buy this for? Yes. <laughs> it totally loses its lust. Like you're just like, what am I going to do with this piece of junk? Like what am I? What do I
2: have this for? It's, it's almost okay. like the memory died with it, the throwaway, and it yeah. comes back in like a physical. Like I've got it again. Then you're like, what am I going to do with this? Like what? Yep. You know, what's the? It wasn't sitting on a shelf again, which my mom should have. So I, I only did this to. to... 25
0: years, but I, I figured I'd go one more year because '96 was really kind of another monumental year. This is when all the stamped tickets went away. Um, the mag stripe is introduced, and that's really when you got into these very generic tickets where, you know, Dad, why did my print with Mickey on it? I, I wanted Pluto, and, you know, and they were all generic size. Yeah, exactly. Very bold, very '90s. Well, the other move, um, too,
2: is this is when they also just attached them to your, your resort. ID card like in the the you know what I mean the yeah that on gave there.
0: them that ability to put it all into one so if you and,
2: stayed there it was kind of like a like an all-in-one stop you could charge yeah. you could do all that stuff exactly I think. exactly
0: so that's our little bit of ticket history again um all ears.net as well as our site retrowdeb.com go to our Photo archive uh, dig into the tickets there. We've got tons of them scanned both front and back that we've done over the years We've got more to put in
2: there and if you have Um, something weird send it to us. We want to see that
0: Yeah, yeah any any oddball tickets you don't see up there. Let us know But yeah,
2: we didn't even get to get into the annual passes No, I wasn't about to scratch the surface.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) well, let's 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 jump into some ephemera Um, as we mentioned earlier ephemera is anything that uh, you know that you didn't pay for non souvenirs paper material I've got a whole bunch of things splayed out here. We've got some great stuff. I'm going to start with what our listeners sent in because I, th- I think these are great. Um, and and again, all these will be scanned, and all the things that we were sent will will be put into the show notes or put in a um, in our ephemera area. We've got a great ephemera area on the on the website. Tons of stuff in there. So um, uh, this is Lucy Elborn sent in. This is pretty cool, guys. I don't know if you saw this one, we have talked about it multiple times. It's on our map, the Pirates Point excursion. And she actually had the little brochure that she scanned in from the Pirate's Point excursion, which is really cool. Uh, and this one's later because it has the, more of the, the newer font of the Polynesian Resort. And she also has her Neverland Club Oath of Allegiance from 1989. So do we all nice. want to take the pledge tonight? <laughs> I'm good.
4: You're good? Okay. Good.
0: All right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Lucy pledged allegiance to Peter Pan. Yeah, <laughs> she
0: did. She did.
3: I, I want to take it, topic. You <laughs> want to take
2: it? Okay. I'll read it to both of you. Re- you guys can both take it. Uh, Neverland Club, Oath of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to Peter Pan and the land of never ever to stay young in mind, indeed in spirit, to grow old and grouchy never. Wow. And Luke, So say us all. And just yes. so you know,
0: Lucy, according to this, is still in good standing of the Neverland Club. So congratulations oh, fantastic. All right. Um, We also had uh, Ian Yakela send in this this awesome bumper sticker, which um, I printed these out in black and white, but uh, it's a great one with Mickey and Goofy, Minnie and Pluto, and uh, Walt Disney World. Yeah, with balloons. Um, uh, Claudia had sent in a whole variety of things, and this is where you get into some of the weird tickets that we've seen over the year. This was a complimentary Discovery Island excursion and Pleasure Island experience ticket. Um, Which I think we have a couple of the actual ones floating here in our archives and another odd ticket This is the cast holiday celebration where you had a pretty good deal here free popcorn or free soft drink tear it off the top Mm -hmm. 50% off a meal at Disney parks 50% off a meal at Disney resorts uh, And then you got to admit one guest to Walt Disney World with you valid for uh, uh, for 19 days in 1995 I'd love um, to
2: see. There's got to be fine print on the back that says you can't use that somewhere. Like, there can't be 50% off of uh, what's the top resort restaurant 95.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, Must be presented with Monday Park Hopper Pass below. Not valid after 7 p.m. Well, yeah, I don't have the back, so we'd have to. Yeah, but
4: we should note that the way that used to work was the first 20 or so years of the park's operation, there was a night where they would close everything Mm -hmm. and the Magic Kingdom would be open to staff for their Christmas party for everyone that worked there and all of the managers and executives would staff all of the rides and the food service locations and everything and it was a totally free night for the Disney employees uh, down there and then as you had multiple parks and it got bigger in fact that um, the Ron Schneider where he voiced uh, the Big Bad Wolf with that captain eo skit that that he shared with us yeah that was for the cast christmas party um you know which was closed to the public And a but sometime in the 90s i think uh late 80s early 90s they stopped doing that and in lieu of that they started handing out those passes to employees that gave them a package of admissions and discounts and treats and things like that
2: december 1st through december 19th 1995
0: yep so, Joe Lanza sent in this pretty cool one. This is a customized MetLife Good News Gazette from Orlando, November 14th, 1997. The headline reads The Lanza Family Visits Walt Disney World. So, they would uh, print these out for you with your own customized name on And again, this is, I love this. The Weather and News from Willard Scott. He was still a big thing back then. Uh, as he would. Uh, there he is. Look yeah. at that. So Open Maelstrom and-
4: sponsored the uh, Wonders of Life Pavilion, and that opened in 89, right? I think it was 89. Yep. Uh, and I I will tell you, Todd, you probably remember this from the boardwalk back in the 80s. And I, things like the, with the advent of laser printers and dot matrix and, oh, yes. and personal computers... The, like they would sell you on the boardwalk like the day you were born, and they would. Hallmark print out, did it. Remember, it was that? like a little printout yeah. that that would have like the, the 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 headlines from the day you were the born. the birthday or, times, or they would drop your name into something, and now it's like you see it when you exit imagination, and you can get your face on the cover of Time or whatever. But back then <laughs> it was it was very rudimentary and it was always like yeah it was like oh my goodness look it's a newspaper headline with my last <laughs> name in
2: it. that was your souvenir from the trip like that's right
0: oh it was just and you pay like four bucks for yeah it. yeah hallmark had a big one called the birthday times i think it was where you can like who you share a birthday with and stuff too yeah
2: joe also um, shared this uh fort wilderness night yeah. activities got that and- one here it's uh it's the Fort Wilderness brown, we'll say, you know, it's meant to look old and it is clearly done on like a typewriter. I don't know what year this was, but I mean, you can tell in in Fort Wilderness is always like this. Like if you in a lot of resorts, you know, that changes weekly or monthly the movies and things like that. So it's like typed out, but you can see which he admits he thinks they took it or stole it from where there's little info boards and stuff at the restrooms and the the comfort stations. The pin holes are still are on this this paper. He scanned it. It's pretty cool. How you were interested? In
0: this one. This comes from Dave Smith. Um, he sent us a couple different things. He sent us a great entertainment program, Epcot Center. I'm trying uh, 1991. It's all in green. It's got a map of the. But he also sent us. You wanted to talk about this. The transportation ticket. We mentioned it earlier. This one's from 1991. $2.50, why are we still having transportation tickets this late? In the history of Walt Disney World. Yeah,
3: isn't that isn't that fascinating? It's, it's strange. <laughs> so, so we talked in a couple episodes ago about how there was a point in time where you still had to pay if you wanted to take the bus system around the resorts mm-hmm. if you weren't a resort guest. So I was really surprised to see that it was Uh, what was that, 1991?
0: September 29th, 1991,
3: $2.50. $2.50. So, I
0: mean, I never remember getting a bus and anybody ever saying, show me your resort ID. Now, we should be clear to let people know that when you checked in in the 70s and 80s, your your admission ticket was separate from your resort ID. They would print you a little brown card, another ephemera piece we could talk about, and that was your resort ID. So if you flash that, the bus, there you go. JT's got one there. You flash that, that would get so. Is this something? This was just a good doobie that was like, yeah, I'll pay the two fifty. And well, no, I mean, I certainly remember having to show do
3: you uh i mean i don't know if that was just on an abundance they didn't caution, trust but the showed... family
2: that was the, <laughs> yeah. there was always the threat it was always like this is the year we heard they're checking stuff <laughs> you know you can't just hop on the tram without the and yeah nobody ever I, to this day i've never been checked for yeah i mean my per, my
3: personal experience i think it was 1987 87 or 88 that uh that i skipped college one day and went to uh the contemporary with some schoolmates and we wanted to get on the monorail and we had a like you still had to pay in order to like ride the monorail and the girl ended up letting us through but without paying but like it was still like i i think that two dollars and fifty cents or two dollars at that time maybe in order to to get on the monorail to go
2: around So, so yeah it's it's a generic vacation came into the world this is from 82 it says uh guest name and your resort that's typed in on a, on a printer as an expiration date. And then it says this card identifies you as a guest of, in our Mm -hmm. resort hotels or the camp ground if of walt disney world please remove it and carry it with you during your stay so you were supposed to have this at all times.
0: and how we don't know back then 91 was there a sign on the bus this is drivers carry no cash you know (laughs) (laughs) there was exact change only exactly (laughs) yeah exactly but again this is this is part of the
3: fascinating thing where I mean, it could still be set up that way, but you saw on these tickets that we have, even as far back as 71, it's like it says, you know, this fee is being tendered for the Walt Disney World Transportation mm-hmm. Company. And there was a separate, I don't know if it was a, you know, separate wholly owned subsidiary or how it worked, but like that was legitimately a separate company that ran Yeah, this says the Wed TTC,
2: Transportation the, System Incorporated.
3: Yep. Yeah, the parking lots the and the you know the monorails and and the ferry boats it's like that was a whole separate company they got their money separately and that's probably how they paid for the maintenance for all that stuff and when they decided they needed new boats there probably wasn't any question because again they knew exactly how much money they were making from that yeah so they didn't have to go beg oh hey we need we need to pay, pay for new <laughs> monorails it's like they had the cash sitting there because they knew how much they made and yep and when they needed new monorails they got new ones
0: interesting stuff so cool. All right. Our last one here from a listener, Dane prayed. Uh, this is great. Um, Brian, you hinted on this earlier. They won a contest in Canada. Uh, he sent a, a, a scan of the front and back. So it says one lucky Canadian family is going to win a fabulous vacation getaway to Walt Disney world. And, you know, this is like, you have to moisten and to fix in a token here. Yes. You have to moisten to fix the yes token to this or no. He's got his lucky official lucky draw sweepstake numbers. Um, yeah, this is really cool. I mean, it's got this semi-official paperwork that came with mm-hmm. it, you know, with the castle in the background. And then here's the ad, which this was the May 1976 is when the, when it closed, which is fantastic. Um, so it's so cool that they won. I, I'd love to hear the story about winning and how it was delivered. I want to know if anybody came to them with a...
2: That's just know, like $1, a $1,000 bigger... spending money.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of... That was a lot, a lot of money back, back, back then.
2: then. Yes. <clears> and
4: I, uh, they also... I don't want to I don't wanna downplay it. It's a lot of money now, but... It was a lot, a lot of money back (laughs) then. Look at this guy. Yeah, (laughs) It was like five grand now. Yeah.
0: I love the other thing he sent in because this this really shows kind of the customer service aspect of it that, you know, in in certain aspects, Disney still does today. Uh, It was a cover and inside the apologies card that they received when the contemporaries' hot water was being shut off for 12 hours. So let me read this to you. It says, a reminder, your hot water will be off from 8 p.m. Monday evening through late Tuesday afternoon. So... You didn't get a morning shower Uh, we appreciate your understanding to this interruption please accept this gift on behalf of our entire resort staff thank you uh they received a massive double layer box of chocolate of deluxe chocolates with the card uh he lost the box sometimes in the 90s he did keep it so you can't shower, but here in the fl- hot, hot Florida heat, have some chocolates that will melt and you'll need to shower. It, it, was,
4: it was funny when Dane sent that contest winning stuff. He also sent a few photos from the trip. And one of the pictures from the trip was him doing his, his daily report for school about you know what I did on my trip today in their room at the Polynesian. And his mom sitting across the table from him. And there was a room service tray. That had Coca-Cola and sweet vermouth on it,
1: <laughs> and
4: I replied to him and I said, "Please assure me that your mother was not drinking Coke and sweet vermouth as her as her mixed drink." <laughs> and he said, Breakfast. "No, no, no. The the Coke was for me and my dad. She 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 was she enjoyed the sweet vermouth on the rock. So uh, there was no there was no uh, unapproved mixing going on there."
0: All right, so let's get into some. I'm going through my own personal ephemera here. Oh, look at this! Now this is interesting. We just bought this up. We have, we should have these scans. Check this out, guys. Disney's Polynesian Resort. It's got my grandfather's name on it, but instead of the signature, look what it's stamped.
2: Transportation only. Transportation
0: only. So you couldn't charge with that.
2: I've got a Fort Wilderness one here. See, it's actually it's a plastic one. Says Fort Wilderness only, and uh, same thing. It's it's not valid for admission. Right. A little more durable than the paper one, though
0: magic kingdom club now uh jt you asked earlier about expirations on tickets i just found that this is an all three parks passport four day from 1989. what's interesting is that this has a one last day on it available but they did stamp and expires on they gave it 30 days from first use so they did start doing that in the in the uh, late late 80s there which is interesting um i got one of these guys check this out who remembers these
2: i remember that's the old room key right i do remember
0: that what do you remember what they're called
2: it's some weird technical name or the
0: ving ving card or the ving ving key yeah so this was a key that this is pre-digital magic band it's all mechanical right
2: like you slid it in there and then it unlocked the door It, it
0: was mechanical i don't know specifically how they could program it um but your your room key was a piece of plastic a little smaller than a credit card uh, and a, a holes that look random on it, and they would line up with pins in the lock um, that would allow you to go into the room. So, which was which was pretty it was neat. It's
4: basically punch card technology almost. Yeah. Most, but
0: exactly. Let's see what else we have in here. There's another resort card. There's another Ving card. Boy, I've got. I guess I stayed there a lot during the the Ving era.
2: What was the Ving era? <laughs> you know the Ving era? Late '80s. Uh, you know.
0: It's gotta. It's got the recycle on it, so it's gotta be.
2: Jiminy a, Cricket recycle or just recycle? No, it's got
0: the Mickey head recycle on it. And then oh, before man. they did the Mickey head key, where'd the other VIN card go? They had these here, which were just generic. They were oh just, yeah, look at that. Just an arrow on it. Before they had their own printed on it. Um. This is wrestling through all this paper here. This is another neat one. I think we we got this. This is a really rare. Polynesian luau. I, I guys, call it the love NBA that one. The NBA logo. Doesn't it look like the yeah, NBA? It does. That's a yeah. your
2: Polynesian your luau. Your
0: Polynesian luau and on the inside it gives you a nice Aloha. Great. Col- this one's in fantastic condition. This is from
2: I see a shirt out of that one house.
0: 75.
2: That would be a nice shirt, huh? Like a nice le- whole thing. Just Yeah.
0: So it explains what's going on. Uh, oh, we have a menu, Brian.
2: Would you like to hear it? Uh, the Polynesian menu?
0: Yeah, this is served I, banquet, so. I would
4: love to know what's being served up at the Polynesian Luau.
0: Shrimp Hawaiian.
4: Uh, that's also known as sweet and sour shrimp.
0: There we go. Beef tomato. Uh, beef steak tomato, I'm guessing. I'm guessing, yeah. Barbecue ribs. Mm-hmm. Chicken yeah. Fried rice. Polynesian vegetables served in a fresh pineapple half is passion fruit ice cream. Oh, delicious. Sounds like a good show. Yeah. I got this here, too. Again, these are all scanned in on our ephemera page. Uh, this is uh, my grandfather had a handicap license plate. He had a placard, a New Jersey placard, and they'd give him this to put in the window. An odd, you know, just a little H date stamped on the back. Um, and here's another one that I love, too. Oh, yeah. The transportation route card with the flag colors. So I'm going to do a little quiz. Let's see how many how remembers. Let's see how well he. So. I think the answer is going to be zero. (laughs) No, you should remember because they're still used today. So um, this is from 1993. uh, When Walt Disney World, before they had the automated um, marquees on some of the the buses, the buses would have colored flags and the boats would have colored flags. And you you would be able to identify their destinations by that. So for instance, this doesn't get confusing. If you... We're staying at Port Orleans Dixie Landings, and you wanted to go to the Magic Kingdom, you would have to catch the green flag. I'm sorry, the pink flag with a green stripe with MK on it. But if you wanted to go to Epcot, you'd have to get the pink flag with the green stripe with EC on it, because they ran out of colors at some point.
2: This is this changed so much. One year, I mean, you imagine coming once a year, you'd, you'd learn the flags one year, then the next year you'd come back and they'd be like Chip Bus and a Dale Bus and a Boone Bus and a Crockett Bus and you can't catch this boat because it's not the right flag. And yeah, I I know. Yeah. The
0: green is the Polynesian. They still use that today with the, with the, uh, magic kingdom and, um, I mean, uh, grand Floridian and then the yellow is contemporary.
2: They, they made it so easy though. You, you'd pick a side for the dock and that, boat clearly went to this place and then you pick the other side the boat went to that well place. for the
0: boat it was the for the boat it was a little it was it but these um these are the the bus routes too the buses were a little more confusing because Gosh. this is before they had a stanchion for every single possible permutation a combination of where you could go so one of,
2: one of my most biggest pet peeves and it still is at this place if i want to get somewhere i feel like i need to go to the hub where would you go that the hub is the ticket and transportation center Yep. No, no. That doesn't get you where you want to go. You gotta to go to the park and catch this. But like if I want to get to anywhere in that complex, it should be ticket transportation. Doesn't work that way. But whatever. Guys, I have something Not here anymore. too.
0: I have an envelope with an unused stamp, eight cents. So that will help date it. <laughs> it's the Walt Disney World Guest Relations Department, P.O. Box forty, Lake Buena Vista Flora. So if we want to send a letter. Oh. We oh, could send well, a, little a little response. A little response card. Yeah. There. Yeah. Let them know how things are going. Uh JT you're gonna love this. Well, there's your world key that gold key yep with oh, they, oh that's the one the with gold my name key. on
2: it what's on the back is it magnetic or is uh, it uh
0: the the back was a barcode and they would put i remember they would put that sticker on after you checked in it identifies you as a world adventure guest your world adventure card is good for use of the transportation system admission to the magic kingdom epcot Recreational facilities, except arcades, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at any Walt Disney World restaurant where waitress or buffet service is available. This card is found. Please return to the nearest guest services area because...
2: <laughs> That's when you don't want to lose. Uh,
0: here's another one I have too. This is an interesting one. This is a Magic Kingdom single attraction readmission ticket. Huh. Which pretty rare. I, I don't recall these. So it says... This ticket may be used for one admission to this ride after operation has resumed or for one admission to any A through E attraction in the Magic Kingdom. So That's your breakdown. Is, your your, your it's fast a pass gimme
2: if you you know. Yeah.
0: Do you think I could use this today? <laughs> be like I never made it back. Uh, I'm gonna ch- Yeah, maybe I'll try to get on uh I don't know. Should I get on the Star whatever. Wars? The Star Wars, thank you. Yeah. Let's see <laughs> if I can
2: use that with it.
4: Hey, uh, I, I don't have a boarding group, but I got yeah. this return
0: pass. <laughs> I got this return pass. Like, from excuse me, Kylo.
2: Um, I have this ticket here. Uh.
0: <laughs> I got another oddball one here too. Again, um, check this one out.
2: Well, it looks like oh, outbound, outbound
0: transfer. Outbound transfer. So With the gold th-
2: key—they just threw airline tickets. I got at three
0: YouTube. of these. No, no, no. I got th- I got these from an ephemeral auction a while back. Um, present this voucher to the driver of the Mears Motor Shuttle for for transfer from uh, anywhere in Walt Disney World, Epcot Resort Hotels, or Florida Center Hotels to Orlando International Airport. So this predated the Magical Express when they were just working with Mears, and this comes from the Walt Disney Travel Company. So this would have been included in some of your vacation packages. Um, This is when Disney first started getting in bed with... uh, with Mears Motors. All right, asterisk
4: isn't Magical Express run by
0: Mears now? It yes? is. Yeah. it is okay. indeed run by Mears. Yep. So
4: it's basically just a
0: Disney branding on what was already yeah. the Mears train. What was already there, and, and now everybody gets it. So. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I have a. It's, it's like, like the Long Island, great Island ferry. Little, great little folder. Mickey and his. The travel your, company. Yep. Yeah, you get your resort things in there when they arrived again if you're listening to us everything is available in our ephemera section that we're talking about tonight not for Uh, sale just a view yeah just a view we don't have it for sale let's see i gotta dig through a couple of these others here i got some good ones that's something else here
2: i've got one here and i know this is newer and i would never held one in my hand we found it crumpled up when we were going through my grandparents stuff this is a disney dollar oh oh nice Never had one of these, never used them or anything, but it's $1. It says nineteen ninety nine 99 on it, so it's a little newer. But I was like, man, that's cool. I never had one I
4: think They were my standard request when aunts and uncles and all would ask what I wanted for Christmas or birthdays, and the Disney stores were in all the malls. Oh, okay, so yeah. I would ask for Disney dollars because they're these beautiful, full-color, uh, oh. you know, really gift certificates that Disney used to print in dollar denominations. and We got a nice crisp mm-hmm. one here for you. Look at that. Wow! And I, I, I know I've mentioned this on Twitter a few times, but when I would go to spend it uh, in the parks and you'd hand it over, mm-hmm. there was always that segment of longtime cast members who always used
0: the same joke.
4: Hey, you got some of that funny money.
0: Oh. <laughs> is- well, I've got one Disney dollar here in a little envelope that it came in. Oh, right. and in here is a little foldable card that shows all the different types of Disney dollars, the one and the five available, and it has key facts on the back. So let's learn some key facts about Disney dollars. Um, they're the official currency of Walt Disney World and Disneyland available one and five dollar denominations. It's equivalent to U.S. currency in a one for one exchange. Disney dollars will be accepted at any Walt Disney World admissions, food and merchandise location. They can be exchanged for their equivalent U.S. currency. Lives the list of locations.
2: Was this the uh, the era of traveler checks being big, and this was like their response to that, or a little later? I think. No, right? no,
4: it was really gift certificates. I mean, it was really in lieu of gift certificates is mm. what it was. So instead of getting, you know, one with a printed twenty five dollars on it, they they printed these. They also used to include them a lot in packages. If you booked a Disney vacation package, you'd get $50 in, in uh, Disney just dollars. just
0: take $50 off my tab.
4: Well, you know, that's... But,
0: but the brilliant... I mean, it was a brilliant marketing plan, right? It's just like any gift certificate is, to your point. It's that, give us well, money, we'll give you this back, and if you don't spend it, look... Well, that's
4: the big thing. Because they're so beautiful, they are, they're brilliant. You know, brilliantly colored and artwork and everything, there, there's a segment of people who would rather keep the gift certificate uh, than spend it.
1: Right. And frame
4: right. it and hang it up, and you know it's like the time somebody bought me for two dollars at a at a uh, at an at a flea market. They bought me a framed sheet of original issue Elvis postage stamps, which were worth twenty nine cents each when they were issued. Well, I figured it out by looking at it that the sheet was worth like nine dollars, and we paid two for it. So I just opened up the sheet and used the stamps. I opened up the frame and used the stamps. <laughs>
2: That's thinking. Yes. <laughs> there
4: you go. That's... I saved one. I remember I have one when those stamp. Elvis stamps came yeah. out. It was
2: every. We went to the post office and each bought one. Like, yeah, it was I. A huge I, deal. I
4: saved one stamp, and i and I mailed the other eight dollars worth of them.
2: Why was that a thing? Like I don't. We didn't even like Elvis, but we went to the post office and bought an Elvis. stamp. Well,
4: that that was very early on in the pop culture issue of stamps. Yeah, the, I remember it was stamps like a... before were like King Hiawatha or the American swaddling warbling bird or something. Yeah. It
2: and it, it, it was like they said it was bigger too, or something. It was. was it stuff?
4: was oversized. It was full color, and and yeah, it was a big deal because it, now they you know they issue thirty pop culture stamps yeah, a yeah, year, yeah. But, but back then it was one of the very very first issued ones. That's yeah, oh, that's too. why it was, that's why it was a big deal.
2: I like so the I, Disney Dollar Treasure is Scrooge McDuck. Yes. So I've got some cool
0: ephemera here. This is. Well, first of all, let's start off. I ha- I have my. Receipt here. My parents paying Watchong Hills Travel in Warren, New Jersey, for our trip to Florida. We've talked about the airfare before. So I've got um, a two-bedroom unit at the Treehouse Villas with a car, a Buick Skylark. 1980, seven nights. What do we pay for the land?
1: <laughs> for the
2: land.
0: For the land part I'm of gonna the package. I'm going to say one dollar. <laughs> Eleven seventy six dollars Per night? No, no, no. Total.
2: Oh, 1000 for
0: the treehouse and the rental car for for uh 7 nights. Eleven thirty
2: seven hundred uh, $3700 in today's money.
0: So, that's a that's
3: a stay at uh That's,
2: that's a, a good two, deal for a treehouse nowadays.
3: Yeah, how much is that per day in today's money? Yeah.
2: Uh, 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 $1100 is $3700 in today's money. And how many days was that That for was for five, 7
3: for 7, so divide that by 7.
0: Yeah, it's like 400 something a night.
2: 528 a
0: night. Yeah wow so, still still pretty expensive yeah they also look at this mimeo this is this is pre-xerox this is like that squeaky paper of the oh, of yeah. the treehouse layout right i've got and then also the long distance telephone bill my dad paid who'd he, he call paid, uh i don't know he had which, to make that call which would have
4: been a separate company disney's yep. own like little phone company and
0: Exactly. So don't touch the here,
2: phone, kids. It costs money every time.
0: <laughs> it was five five dollars and eighty four cents. He made two calls: two dollars and seventy nine cents, and another one three oh five. Really racked it up. I can only assume he wow. was probably calling back to work. Yeah, probably. That's that's. Uh, um. And JT, I've got some Fort Wilderness stuff for you. I've got this. This is the Fort Wilderness campground vehicle oh, ID. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's look at seventy two. Seventy two. Put in your front. Th- they still do that. And then we have this here
0: to. too, which is uh this one's kind of neat too. This is um, this is just an information sheet on transportation facilities, general store. It's just kind of a rundown That's that cool. you'd get when you check in, and I think this is from probably around the same time period. So, oh my goodness, yeah, so much, so much stuff.
2: I have a good one here. I uh, my my gr- when we was I keep going back to this. This is my most recent pile of stuff. Uh, my my grandpa saved everything. Like I have a note square here of every site they ever stayed in at fort wilderness and the number so i could go through and be like in 1981 my grandpa stayed here like my grandma my grandpa um but my mom gave me a little it was like a you know little case you know like a leather zipper type thing and it was like a throwaway but she goes now open it up and i open it it's like a gold mickey little tie tack you know so then I'm going through this ephemera envelope she gives me next, like four weeks later, I find the receipt for said tie tag, yeah. <laughs> and they bought it at uh, Mickey's Character Shop. Where was that at for you experts? I don't know. Uh,
3: that would have been at Lake vista Okay, uh,
2: and for some reason this this tie Tack, which looks like it cost much more than that, it was a 3D Mickey Mouse gold tie tack, four dollars and ninety five cents in 1994. So.
3: Wow. Okay. Well, that's
2: yeah. 94. Yep. That was the, and they got a Donald plush, a Jasmine something, something from Aladdin. Aladdin was big then, I guess. So so this
0: is a resort guide. I don't think we've scanned this. This is, Ooh, this is nice. This is great. Cause this is uh 30 pages. And what's really interesting about this one is that the individual who had this has underlined important things. Uh, they've underlined as per our... It's like buying a used textbook
4: in college. Exactly. (laughs) I love those ones. (laughs) But
0: they underlined resort identification cards, special value tickets. They circled personals checks and travelers checks. They were uh, concerned about tips. They starred the electrical water pageant.
2: Got to check this one out. As one should, yeah. They were
0: making sure that they could get Roman Catholic service. They have that underlined. They were interested in the world cruise. And then Brian, there's a little dining one in here. Um, this is, they had three special dining adventures over at the Lake Buena Vista Club, and they were very interested in the champagne brunch. On Sundays, you're invited to the champagne brunch. Sip the bubbly with cruising the village to the Lake Buena Vista Club, where you dine an unlimited buffet that includes rounds of beef, eggs Benedict, hotcakes, and much, much more. Adults, five ninety five. 95
2: Were Nothing. they interested in that before or after the service on Sunday? That's the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to look at the timetable for that.
0: Oh, they were going to get groceries delivered too. So this one I'll have to figure out the best way to scan because I'll have to flatten it out. You know, uh, as
4: we're we're wrapping up here, I want to mention Todd at the top of the show mentioned that most of the tickets uh, for both Disneyland and Walt Disney World when they were issuing these ticket booklets and probably even in through the early magnetic strips and all. We're all made by the Globe Ticket Company. Mm. Uh, Philadelphia Company uh, for like 125 years until they uh, demolished the factory in 1988. I think they're based in Chicago now, but uh, I was actually once at an event in the Globe Ticket Founders Mansion. uh, Wow. And I remember being in the person's house for for an event and saying like, what's the, because you could tell it was like, an old turn-of-the-century mansion and they're like oh this was the people who founded the globe ticket company and the thing i remember about it was we were on the back porch and all of the the light posts had globe like you know globe light globes over them so <laughs> on, you know and they were like original from the from the mansion
0: so that's, that's cool. the globe that's ticket cool.
4: company philadelphia major tickets
0: well, we have one more that we've just uploaded to our website. i got to share this one before we close out the show. There's too much ephemera. I mean, and and please, if anybody has anything out there they want us to talk about or bring up, let us know. But guys, we just got these in. Brian, you alerted me to it. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I, I We needed to pick them up. And these are the Magnolia and Palm Golf Resort cards, with some Ugh. fantastic artwork on it.
2: That's um, cool. The and other it, one out. they probably okay. gave out 50 of those a day. And well, exactly. it's the,
0: it's the course
4: map. It's your scorecard, yep, and then uh, it's got some, got some promos for here. everything else on the property and beautiful cover, cover photos. It's great. Oh yeah,
0: these are these are just absolutely fantastic. So we've scanned those in. We're going to get them on the site. I mean, I you know, gentlemen, I I think what would be really neat one night is that um, uh, maybe we could commit to this between now. We've done some movie nights, but maybe we do a movie night, a little ephemera show and tell we'll show too, and tell? So, so people can see some of this stuff firsthand. Uh, live on on, on on a YouTube channel because, oh my gosh, I got really like this vacation plan. Look at this, JT. You're going to love this. And Brian, you're going to like this too. You got to tell me what year I can use it in. It's a vacation planner with a calendar at the bottom. What Are year you is serious? It? Yeah, look at this. Why would they? Because right. they wanted oh. you to know what was going on. So, oh, um, I see. Okay, And they so went to the hang
4: f- it up the whole year.
0: It's- exactly. Take This time, take your time. Experience a special season. Count down your vacation here. So it was basically a, you know... A way to Does it say what year it's supposed to be?
2: That's the thing. There wasn't. No, like a, you know what? Like, there wasn't it doesn't even matter because it deep.
0: just says. It just. It's just numbers listed. I could use it. Oh, do you have right. the full month? Yeah, it's got September 1st through 30th. Unless they change the number of days in September, we're good. <laughs> I don't think they. As long <laughs> as
4: it's
2: not a leap year, you're good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm fine. It only. St- it's only. It's weird. It's only September through December. There's so
2: no, they could use it now.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, I. I'd love to go through the GAF guide, and we've got this old. This one, the, the monochromatic resort world uh, book from, it's it's really interesting. The, the, it's uh, it's got your rates in it. Look, I mean, look look at you'd sit down as a kid. Don't tell me you'd sit there and study this stuff. You know the rate tables well, <laughs> the maids, but
2: <laughs> I would study the burn bombs than the burn bomb kids. That was well, the summer.
0: Read. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. There's a pullout. We should send this in. Oh. Walt Disney World Accommodations Reservation. It's got the whole thing that you check off, what you want. Let's just check here. If there's no expiration date, we might do an experiment. There is none. (laughs) Okay. There is no expiration. Do you think we should try to book a room?
2: Yeah, go for it. Especially now. See if you can get through.
0: (laughs) Do you want a parking (laughs) lot view? What do you want?
2: I want whatever. Oh, the
3: parking lot view is highly... Highly Oh, well, it's after.
0: cheapest. Disney Village. Res- I should I should try to book the Disney Inn.
3: Did they really call it a parking lot? Y- yeah, it, it, had- there's
0: a garden view and a parking lot view. Two completely different. The garden view is an extra ten bucks if you want to look at plants. If you want to look right. at cars, at the Polynesian, it's a hundred eighty bucks a night. Garden view was one ninety.
3: Because they would never call anything parking lot view today. Yeah, no, you're right. Standard view is what it would be.
0: Ah, there we go. All right, Disney Village Resort, one-bedroom club. We can't stay there because it doesn't exist. We've got to find something that exists. Uh, we got learning adventures. we got some dining. Polynesian Review. No even, no prices on There's no expiration. We, they might let, if
2: you wear a mask, they might let you use it now. So.
0: I'll tell you what. If Central Reservations is still at P.O. Box 10,100, we, we might send this in. and see Send it in. <laughs> I should send it in. It wants my credit card. Let's see if we get charged at that rate oh my gosh can you imagine that and this is from 91 so oh we've dialed numbers before but we've never booked uh booked vacations on old on old old, that's uh,
2: awesome old
0: paperwork well that wraps up our ticket in ephemera episode i hope you enjoyed our little journey through the paper world of walt disney world I, i can't even say that scratched the surface that is just a highly molecular view of thousands of thousands of different types of ephemera out there
2: this um, is your chance though as a listener send us your yeah. stuff if it's unique if you don't see it on our site share it with us because we don't you know i mean we know what stuff is but we don't know what's out there until we see it or it's something something cool if you that's think it's right. cool, share it
0: and you know there is one more thing because we did talk about it on the last episode guys i'm gonna post it into slack here real quick take a look at this this is the i have an idea form mm. oh yeah mm. That the uh, cast members would fill in. Uh, We talked about that. That gentleman wrote in, said he had the idea for, I think it was a...
2: 1983. I believe my idea will improve, increase, or promote safety, guest services, blah, blah, blah. Yep.
0: So if you had it, so we got the idea copy of that as well now. Oh, and
2: the spot for your social security number. Just write (laughs) it right on there. And and there's four copies.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So they can pay you. That's right, I, exactly. <laughs> because
3: you got a cash bonus. That's right. If you're getting your twenty five dollars, they got to report
0: that to the. It doesn't matter identity too. This. You're going to the. You're going to the store the next day, and they're taking a complete impression of your credit card. And, you know, they're they're like, going to throw out the carbon copies.
3: They're like, I have an idea. Don't steal my social security number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How many people that fill out identity or uh, ID for, or what are they called? Idea forms then got a identity theft later in life. That's, That's right. the.
0: Never know. So. Alrighty. Well, how we've got, uh, well, <clears throat> hold on. so thanks guys for joining in on this. It was great, uh, to, uh, reflect back on all this old ephemera, uh, how you edited a, a new shirt though. I think we want to talk about real quick. We've got, we got a new one that you threw up there, uh, last month, the outer rim t-shirt. Which oh yeah.
3: Great. Based, based on that wonderful menu cover that, that Brian provided. So, and you
0: found a little bit of kind of artistic fatigue in the logo, you believe?
3: yeah i believe so so (laughs) you could call it you know back then all this would have been done with you know just on a giant piece of paper with rulers and t-squares and uh it's funny as i my first thought was like oh i'll retrace this in adobe illustrator and then i realized like the thicknesses of the lines and 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 such it's like you could really tell it was all done by either a printograph or some kind of pen where you know there was variation in it as as it was going and i thought oh wow i'd really like to preserve that because it's it's so interesting to see that hand-done stuff, you know, close up. So as as I was going through the OUTER and outer and then getting down to the RIM, by the time you got to the rim it's like there was a lot of stuff that was crooked <laughs> really like it was no longer perfectly straight you could just like i just i don't know if they just gave up or they're like okay i've about had it with this or they're like hey we need this by five o'clock get, get it finished because <laughs> it's very intricate it is with, it is uh, it, it's as yeah.
0: simplistic as it is it's it is very intricate with all the the, the steps and and uh uh, I can only imagine sitting there with your little. Oh, it would
3: have been a drag, an absolute drag to draw that out by hand. Oh yeah, try to keep everything consistent.
0: Yeah, oh. I'm assuming they probably did it once on like graph paper, then tried to trade. Oh man, yeah, just
2: not. This fun. one lends to me so much for different things. Like I'd love a coffee mug with it. Just different these these different products that we have on TeePublic. Public. Oh yeah, very cool looking. A lot of good stuff.
0: So. How, maybe you'll do one with the uh, Polynesian NBA? That would be a cool one. Or we'll, yeah,
2: send me a nice high-res scan of that, and we'll, we'll, we'll do, get that going. We'll Especially do, we'll with the NBA, NBA to you. coming to Disney World. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, kind of oh you could, yeah, you could do something cool
0: with that. We'll, I know we'll give
2: our little little spiel on that, then, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I, I want somebody wearing How's new shirt with the new NBA Polynesian logo at an NBA game in Disney World. That's the. That's the hook.
0: That works. That works, so... We'll get that over to you, How, and uh, take I, I, away. I will
4: put in a plug. Uh, even though uh, I, our hope is that this uh, plug doesn't age well. That when you're listening <laughs> to this in six months, you're like, "What would anybody need that for?" How uh, you have to plug your masks again because I got some compliments this weekend on my uh, Disney monorail carpet mask that I was wearing while I was
2: traveling. Oh, you got one. Oh yes.
0: Nice. I need to get one. And
2: I was trying to, but it was How closed his store.
3: Oh well, see that's the bad thing. So that particular kind that you had made, Brian, they actually shut down production from that particular company because they were just overwhelmed by everything. by how popular so,
4: house stuff was.
3: Yes, yes, yes. So there was as it happened with with as COVID hit, there was just such a rush that uh, that provider opened up. They got pummeled by orders. It took nearly a month for everything to get through, and then that they actually cut everything off. I think on like uh oh my gosh like back on i'm like what holiday is it memorial yeah, day or yeah. something They're like they just so do like, you have a purveyor now or are you uh i have some designs on t public now okay on on my personal one They're like and all of the stuff that is in our store at retro ww there were also versions uh for masks for those as well because oh, oh, that automatically just carried over an so, outer rim uh,
2: mask I, in the outer rim say you That's... yeah
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> wow um, yeah, deli- now delivery is also a little constrained. It it It's still taking weeks to get stuff out because the whole print-on-demand industry just got pummeled during the, the closure. So, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to have them around for a lot longer than I think any of us anticipated. So, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in having one in about a month from now, it's like get your order in now because uh, it still looks like we're going to need them.
2: Yep. Get a big silver ball mask.
0: All right. Well with that thank you very much, How and if you want to check out any of uh, any of our stuff, go to retroww.com forward slash support us. And uh how what's yours as uh what is it? T public slash Oh it's uh
3: if you just search for go away green oh, perfect. in the store it'll show up. Perfect. We'll do that.
0: Excellent. Well we'll be back next month with another episode. We haven't settled on a topic yet. There's quite a lot that we need to do some research on for some very big upcoming episodes. Um, that might add a little bit of magic purple to your to your day. So uh, we're certainly looking forward to doing one of those over the next couple of months. Um, maybe we'll do the ephemera and a little um, movie uh, movie night here. And, and guys, by the way, I, we did get some new films in. I ordered, I got one today. So we got uh, a copy of A Dream Called Walt Disney World. We're going to run that through um, all of our uh, upscaling and deinterlacing and everything. And we also got uh, Epcot Center, a souvenir program uh, which we believe kind of falls into between the 16 millimeter version of uh, a day at Epcot Center and then um, what was the other one? A visit to or whatever. Or no, day at was the VHS later on. But uh, So we're going to work to get those restored. We've got some other home movies coming out. So a lot, of, a lot of great stuff that we've got to get out there. So we're looking forward to bringing those to you over the next couple months. And uh, as always, watch our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a subs- yeah, give us a subscribe and like if you can, and follow. And uh, we'll be back next month. So, with that, thanks for listening. Uh, if you can, give us a review on iTunes. And with that, Brian, take us out. Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at LBV
4: History, and on the web at LBVHistory.org. Follow Todd McCartney and RetroWDW on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at RetroWDW. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at RetroWDW.com. On Twitter, follow our web designer, Jason Bartell of Deepwater Studios, at JasonDWS. Our announcer, Andre Gardner, at Andre Gardner. And follow our hosts, Hal Bowers, on Twitter and Instagram at GoAwayGreen, Green, and on the web at Kingdomofmemories.com. For JT Coosier, on Twitter at LS1JT, on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring, and on the web at rubbercitymotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a non-profit, non-partisan, tax-exempt 501c3 organization, and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated entities.